What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we're doing another round of our favorite records for a five-year span. So uh, basically our favorite California Punk and Hardcore record for that year and a wild card. We got Joe, Stu, and Dan out to help, and uh, it's a fun episode. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Please support the podcast by giving it a like, rate it, review it, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please subscribe on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go the extra mile, please go to patreon.com slash 185 miles south and become a patron. Also, if you have not yet pre-ordered the Nardcore for Life comp, please go to indecisionrecords.com and pre-order that. That is much appreciated. And let's get on with the show. Hundred eighty-five miles south, a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? This week on the pod, we are going to do another five years of our favorite two picks. Now, one pick has to be California punk or hardcore, uh, and one is a wild card. It can be anything. So, this is our favorite records from 1995 through 1999. Um, and there is no limit on what format. So, it could be a demo tape, it can be a 7 inch, it can be a 12 inch, uh, no 10 inches because no. it's the worst format. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, Flexi Disc. Yeah, Flexi's cool. Grindcore, Grindcore 3 inches are cool. Um, can it be a can it be a poem in the park? Yeah, if if someone recorded it on their tape recorder, yeah, or uh, I don't know, yeah, you can, yeah, I don't know, it can be a piece of there's shit. A, there's a lot of '90s poem tracks. Yeah, <laughs> you can submit. There were a, a bunch of '90s punk poems. That's true. Yeah, so if yeah. You, if you got footage from a, a slam party or uh, whatever, and then uh, yeah, you can submit a piece of sheet music. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> But, I got uh, the Saul Williams discography <laughs> on lock. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to do 95 <laughs> through 99. We've done this since 1980. Um, we got today on the pod, we got Daniel Sant from uh, from Swindle. No, from, yeah, the original singer of Swindle. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you may also know him from Palpatine. Dang. Yeah. And then uh, we got Stu from Omega Point. Hey, Omega Stu. Yeah, Omega Stu. And then we got, you know who he is. He's episode one. He's the legend, Joe Rebus. Hello. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. And uh, last time we did alphabetical, but did you draw numbers this time, Daniel, or no? Um, I can do it really quick. Um, well, we can just, we'll just go alphabetical again. So we will do, that goes Daniel, Joe, Stu, and then me. And uh, we won't do it fantasy football style, bouncing back and forth. We'll just go in circles. Um, <laughs> so 1995, the best California punk or hardcore album, Daniel Sant. Doesn't have to be an album, remember? That's true. I'm it, going with piece un- of music. Unbroken Circa 77 7-inch. All right. Absentee, Sweet. absentee debate with Crushed on You. 
Yeah. Wow. Do, do you want a mosh to unbroken? I'm so glad wow. you picked this. Do you want a mosh to unbroken? Then uh, let's let's put on this record. Yeah. And the lyrics to both songs are so good. They're so good. And then, I mean, the I Don't Care outro. My favorite. Yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Even when bad bands cover that song, it still comes <laughs> off good. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is sort of a Young Till I die E in that way, right? Yeah. Like, you can be the shittiest that, band I cover Young Till I Die and it's going to rage. Everyone will sing along. <laughs> yeah. And the, the artwork is so fucking great. You know, the picture of the Sex Pistols. <laughs> so it says Unbroken in 77. And on the back, it's got the picture an amazing picture of Unbroken. But I love the um, the inner that has the um, photo booth pictures from the Corvette Diner in San Diego back when it was in Hillcrest. That's where they took those pictures. And then um, a little, little like, heartwarming trivia. Uh, Rob goes by BRX in this because him and Eric used to call each other BRX, Big Rob X, and L-E-X, Little Eric X. And Eric didn't go, didn't put his name as that in this. But Rob did it as like a little, you know, that's their thing. And I think that that's really awesome. And, that's cool. And it just looks so good. Like every aspect of the layout is perfect. I have the uh, poster hanging here on my wall, like framed, because it's just, it's an immaculate record. Daniel's the reason why whenever you buy a record on Discogs, it has no insert. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I keep them all and then sell it. No, no, no. I know it's that I have the poster that New Age did to promote it. Not, okay. not like it came as a as part of the layout. No, I just I just always trip on that. Like, how do you fucking lose the insert? Like, it it it, mm-hmm. it has to go on your wall, or it's not like you would just lose it. Like. Oh, it blew away. Like, it blew out the window. You let a friend borrow it. You let a friend borrow it, and then they move. Yeah, but who doesn't put the insert back in the record? Like you. Well, I don't know. 96 back, 97 back, people are doing, like, zines a lot. So they're taking those pictures, and they're making layouts and stuff like that, and then maybe it just never makes it back into the record. Yeah. I know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, they cut up, like, the insert to, like, make their flyer, and they're like, oh, I should have photocopied it first. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I just cut up my, the inserts to my <laughs> to my two schism records. <laughs> Oops! Oops! So yeah, this is, a, this is a great pick. Predictable, but great. Uh, let's go yeah. on to Joe. Oh boy! Well, I chose 1995, right? Correct. Yep. Yep. Um, here's the chorus. Freedom is just a word, incendiary, justice, a blank ideal, a novel paradigm, mirror one white glass, somebody's watching. America flies first class. That's right. Good riddance. Hey. This record rips. Yeah. Hit it, Joe. You know, uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay, just make sure. Sorry. Uh, I got scared. Um, you know, I, I had another record listed, which we'll get to after, after this, but, um, you know, this, you guys know my good riddance story. So it it just means that much to me. Um, 
uh, this is the first full length that Chuck is playing bass on. Uh, it's the first full length on. It's the first full length period, but it, um, on it's their first re- full release on Fat. Um, you know they did a they Gidget. They did well. Gidget's on Little Deputy, uh, and Decoy is on Fat as well, okay. which came out just at the same time as this. Um, but then there's also the the Fat Music for Fat People. You know the uh, that version of. Oh, it's a different um, version. But it's, it's a song. It's a different off version this. of it's Mother Superior. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, Mother Superior. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, I love it. Luke's guitar. This this is what sold me on it. I thought because I, I you know I, I've pro- professed my love for for uh, um, Ron from TSOL and his guitar playing, and Luke Luke's guitar reminds me of of his guitar. You know, and I don't mean like the song structures or anything like that. Just the way that Luke plays reminds me of, of of him. So that's how I fell in love with him before I even started working for him because I didn't start working for him until the next year. So yeah, everyone on this on, in this band, like to a man, has their own style. Like they really are like yeah. four stand. Oh players. yeah, and and this is Richie Mack playing drums. This is before Sean joined. So uh, I was just going to ask that because the playing is very different from the next record yeah richie was punk as fuck and he's a great drummer it's just whatever reason you know it didn't work out so they got shot but punk as fuck describes it the best that's like what i would describe this drumming as yeah that wrong again song like the it's oh, a real dude. late track that's like the best fucking good written song like how, dude, how how did that i've been not... trying to get them to play that for years dude i don't it's like one of the greatest fucking songs um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to me that it's not heralded as a classic because, uh, it's perfect. And they have, and, and as, as we know, and we'll talk about later, Good Riddance has much, much love for the Nard. So they're basically a Nardcore band. <laughs> they, they, I mean, there was a time where they were like almost adopted because they were playing so much, Yeah, you know? Right. Right. And like, you know, and even in Russ, in, 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 uh, uh, one of their videos for, for the, the for their 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 EP that they did between drummers, uh, that Dave Ron's playing drums on, uh, I can't think of the name of it, but the Clock Tower thing. Anyway, uh, on, in, in that video, one for the Braves, uh, you can see a, a framed poster of the Narcor album on, you know, on Chuck's bedroom wall. So, just shout a little love. So out, I got to give the love back. Shout out to Daniel for putting stuff on his wall. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, this album rules. Do you remember when they played that? Joe, did you go to when they played like that? It was a really small place, like on the floor in Pasadena, and like there was a big ass uh, fight and shit. And then like it was crazy because it finally got broken up. And then here comes Russ, like out of nowhere, like running out with a hammer. Like, oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> Russ gonna fuck someone up after it's been broken up. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah. I I hate to bring it. I've to been you. with them for lots of fights, but I I I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was cool because it was just like this tiny little room, like somewhere in Pasadena or Monrovia or something like that. But uh, but yeah, I gotta say I, I hate to bring it to you, Joe, but uh, picking this as your favorite California hardcore album on the one hundred eighty five miles and one hundred eighty five miles south podcast is not going to make up for you flipping their van. <laughs> 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 I guess you'll see that picture in my head. I, mean, I think I only saw it once. 
But yeah, no, great, great pick. This is a classic album. If anyone out there has yep. not heard Good Riddance Forgotten Country, you got to check it out. It's so cool because they're just really etching out their own style here. And the production quality on this is like, it's really good, but really it's different. You can hear everything, but it's, it's like it's different than it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the next album they'll get like produced and sound like the fat bands, although they stand out cause they're, they're better than most of them, but this album sounds different. So, uh, and the songs are different too. The songs are different also. It's really cool. It's really cool. So everyone should check it out. Um, yeah, let's go on to Stu. What is your California Pug and Hardcore pick? I picked Lagwagon Hoss. <clears throat> All right. Um, so they went in a different direction after the last record. They kind of calmed everything down on this one and made it more straightforward. And and, um, and up the production. Dude, the production's really good. Yeah. Um it's a really dark production in my opinion. I don't know why, but I just imagine them all recording this in the dark. It's just how I listen to it. <laughs> but, um, this whole thing just kicks ass the entire way through. Um, the first two tracks are my favorite. Um, the first, this album, whenever I put it on, it always kind of scares me because the bass is really quiet. And it's like, Searching for that new messiah. It always like surprises me, no matter how many times I listen to it. Because um, I'm, I'm sure their but, stuff uh, is faster, but like when that comes in, it sounds like there could be nothing as fast. Exactly. It's like you've never heard fast music before. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I have a fast record for you, Leia. Good. But, but this is like Lori <laughs> Myers type fast, where they're like, they're just holding on to one note. It's like, yeah. it's like, like, fuck. Yeah. Shout out, Smelly. Yeah, shout out to Smelly. <laughs> shout out to Exxon83. Shout out. <laughs> Fat Crush. Yep. Um, but yeah, dude, violin. That's the fucking track. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, Noodles will get a shine. He would have gotten a shine at some point. <laughs> hey, well, shout out to Noodles early too. <laughs> shout out Noodles. Um, yeah, Violins when he's all again, like when Violins gets all fast at the end, it's like, oh shit. Oh, dude, it's so good. It's like, dan, dan. it has all the stops. Dan, dan. Yeah, it's it's just it's a good fucking record, man. I love this thing. I love the that's, art too. That's a beautiful song. Those those oh. lyrics are fucking phenomenal. In oh yeah. Record. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same with name dropping too. Let let me ask you a question real quick. So, do you know why it's called Hoss and who's on the cover? I don't, but I like. I remember. Damn it! Can I guess? I'm, I'm the next youngest. Yeah. That's Boss Hog, right? No. God damn it. <laughs> Joe, Joe and I are old and we know that it's we've got to from- Hey, I'm going to I'm going to sing the song. We've got a right to start a fight bonanza. Okay. It's a it's a character off Bonanza called Hoss. Okay. He was like the, the beefy dude in the crew. Who's Boss Hog then? He's from the <laughs> he's, from, it, dude. he's from the damn Dukes. Damn damn Dukes. Hey. I don't listen to that Confederate or watch that Confederate shit like you guys do. 
Uh, they're from the shout out Bonanza from uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're uh, Reno, Virginia City. Okay. Yeah, I love this picks too. I think it's great, and I think that this this so album's crazy because the first two albums, the first two LPs, they have pretty similar production. Like kind of like we were talking about the Good Riddance. They're good. You can hear everything, um, but a little thin. But that actually like plays into like lagwagon being so riffy and stuff, and then it also plays into like the Good Riddance. Um, tell me the guitar player's name again, Joe. Luke. Uh, Luke. Yeah, because Luke does. He does so many little like two finger. Th- like he he doesn't just hold on to a chord. He'll do like little things, and so yeah, having the production be yeah. not so bulky actually like it showcases that stuff more. Um, and that's kind of like how the two lagwagon ones are the first two. And then this just comes in blazing with, with beautiful, big production, which really makes like the, with, it makes Derek stand out more, the drummer. Um, oh yeah. So I love this pick. Um, but the correct, what do you think about the, the, uh, the acoustic version that Joey did later with, uh, on his split with, um, no use for name guy, uh, Tony Sly. With Tony, yeah. R.I.P.? Um, yeah. I don't know. R.I.P. Derek. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Uh, hey, never sorry. heard it. Never heard it. Oh, but, uh, it's, it's actually really good, but at least of, of violins. Okay. Specifically that song. I yeah. can fuck with an acoustic violins, but I don't think I could fuck with acoustic, like, anything, really. Yeah, I mean, I'll send it to you guys. The one You'll like it, I can see the lag okay. one crossing over a little better because his his voice is actually really good, but uh, yeah. but his lyrics are generally not that good, um, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, the best California punk and hardcore album of 1995 is he might call my brothers, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's pro- it's one of the best hardcore records of the 90s. It is. So awesome taking like the uniform choice style and blending it through like the the darker like TSOL blender hitting some of those like darker notes and chords, which uh if anyone listened to the Brett interview will make like a lot more sense now. Um and they did lots of EPs like coming into the, up to this and you know, a demo and shit, and this is just the best stuff of early night, and like this four piece is one of the greatest bands I ever saw in my life. This record is one of the best albums I ever heard in my life, and uh, absolutely love it. Starting out with Asher Turn with the bass, Jesus Christ, the baseline, yeah, that baseline, and then just going into like straight ahead, which is like just a straightforward hardcore banger. Um, the album never lets up, and uh, and this is the first record that Zoli gets to start writing some lyrics on and stuff, and uh, like he brings in his own flavor. You know, he's talking about fucking whaling in Iceland and fucking all that kind of crazy stuff. And it just, it, it lends, it lends itself nicely to this album kind of sounding a little dark, um, that he's talking about stuff like that. And it's super cool. Absolutely love it. It's been talked to death on this pod, so I won't go on that much further, but, uh, if a hey, black light, black light though. Yeah. I see the world. In yeah. So good. But, uh, <laughs> Love, so good, dude. Love the whole record, dude. I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> I know one day, one day I should learn the words to my favorite band. Huh? <laughs> dude, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, this is my pick. Oh, and so uh, 
do you want to go through California punk and hardcore that we missed, Joe? Uh, we can do, do that, or we can just yeah, we did it. We were doing it at the end last time with Daniel, so let's let's keep that okay at, at the end of the year. Should I, should I say? Yep. Okay, so Daniel, let's go into your wild card pick for ninety five, and uh, can I guess? Did you go Ray? Well, did you go Raekwon or did you go Jizza? No, I got I've got three selected because I'm a cheating son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, I, I couldn't I couldn't decide between these three records. Like, period. Okay. Pulp, different class. If you've never listened to Pulp, I really encourage you to listen to Different Class and just read the lyric sheet. They are some of the funniest, most poignant lyrics ever, but they're so full of heart and seediness and all kinds of stuff. Jarvis Cocker is even better than Morrissey at writing lyrics. Is that first name? The band? Of the guy that you just Oh, Jarvis. Jarvis Cocker. Mm, Never heard of one of those before. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Sorry, Number two. God damn it, Daniel. Only built for Cuban links, Raekwon. Hey, guess that featuring, one. Featuring Ghostface Killer, a.k.a. Tony Starks. Yep. This is arguably the best. I mean, arguably, because other people will argue with me for it, but <laughs> this is arguably the most succinct, well-thought-out, start-to-finish Wu-Tang solo project record. And... The third record is pretty much for this for this year, 1995. That I, when I was away in the Persian Gulf in the Navy, we listened to this album almost every day, five to ten times a day. Old Dirty Bastard with the crew with the crew that I worked with, and in my opinion, it is it's in the top three hip hop albums of all time. The infamous Mob Deep. Oh, on my honorable mentions. Yep, this is one of the greatest records ever. Yeah, ninety five for hip hop. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it only is slightly eclipsed by ninety four, but only just ninety four, ninety five. That is the peak. It never gets better ever. I'm, you know? I'm leaning ninety five, dude, for depth. Um, yeah, yeah, both are good. I'll I'll tell you why. I got them all in my my honorables. Yeah. I, I I have a ton of honorables too, but I had to choose three records for my choice. That's why I didn't go super into depth on each of them, but the pulp record, um, the vinyl, the limited vinyl version of it is amazing because the layout is, it's the band members as cutouts put into regular situations or like slightly seedy situations and stuff. And the cool thing about the vinyl is you can change each picture from what would be in the CD booklet of all the different pictures. You can change which cover of the record you have. It's like a it's like a picture frame, and you can slide all the different images in, and it's amazing. That rules. That is super cool. Yeah. Is that like when you don't fold the Danzig 3 back up properly and it... <laughs> <laughs> 
the upside down cross gets all jacked up. I don't know. I trade. I traded it in for some Mountain Dew and cat litter. He's <laughs> never gonna let that Shrek, down. That's beautiful. Shrek two on DVD. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> you guys don't remember dancing shopping list? Yeah. <laughs> Yams. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. uh, all right joe what's your this was uh again hard for me i picked three i'm only going to tell you one oh. and then i'll get to the other three when oh. i'm done. going for the moral high ground are we? <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh although in a couple of years i won't do that because i have to say both of them but this year i, c- I can say this i chose uh radio head the bend yeah so good so so good. Yeah, I mean the one-two punch of uh, fake plastic trees and um, oh my god, my mind just went blank. So comes on. Yeah, everything is Slayer. If you haven't figured that <laughs> out with me yet, Daniel. Uh, uh, fake plastic trees and uh, you mean the hits? At the beginning of the record, it's like first song is Planet Telex. So. Yep, and then. Fake plastic trees, and then what comes next? Uh, shit. Uh, sorry, don't don't worry about it. Um, I'm uh, high and dry. High and dry. Yes, high and dry. Oh my god, what a I was, song! I was trying to remember Def Leppard, high and dry. And what ready. a song! And my iron lung is also just a killer song. On well, this. every song, uh, uh, Street Spirit is fucking amazing. Yeah, uh, Black Stars. Is- fantastic song uh, and I, I love Planet Telex is actually my favorite th- song on the record yeah it's a great track. opener yeah. so ahead. iconic album cover as well that's your choice or your not choice that is my choice yeah okay. that's my choice tell the other two the other two was Lifetime Hello Bastards hey. and uh, At the Gates Slaughter of the Souls mm-hmm Oh. Lifetime Hello Bastards is awesome for one other reason, is that they are paying homage to one of my favorite bands, the House Martins, with their layout. What? Yeah, yeah. Huh. If you look at the House Martins record, London Mill Hole 4, like you'll see the Lifetime record almost like like the way that they, they use the color, they use the pictures, everything. It's like pretty great. Yeah. Let's see if I hit the right one. <laughs> it would have been better if it was if I was keeping it real about lifetime <laughs> yeah that's a, that is a good right. story okay so uh, alright Stu what you got from a wild card yeah uh, I have two as well you um, hey but I'm only gonna say when I was like I, I got two so now you gotta mention both but you know I, that'll be my yeah. I got whatever. I got two. So, I got, what I'm really I got, what I'm I got two also, and that's the balls to choose one. Yeah, so, <laughs> I did have the balls to choose one. Well, I'm going to choose one. And I told you. I I said it. <laughs> I'm not I Daniel. Hey, yeah, I right. I had I had thirteen, and I whittled it down to three. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, uh, okay, I guess I'm you're back. Can I guess I'm picking, uh, We're guessing oh, Stu's? No, it's Stu. It's Stu. Hey. 
Um, dead guy's fixation on a coworker. Oh, Rad. fucking awesome. Um, cool artwork too. Dude, right? Like, shout out to Tim Singer for being such a good graphic designer. Like, yeah, that fucking art is insane. And the fact that they have the album art, or it's like, it's, they have the album title and it says as performed by dead guy. Yeah. It's like, it just creates such a theme for the, for the record. It's like theatrical and, and like, you can, it really helps you dive into it that much more. It's really cool to see hardcore go conceptual and for it to be pulled off amazingly. Do you know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. Yes. Because a lot is... of people call this like the the first like metalcore record. A lot of people call it that and Nah. I don't think so. There's but... way more metalcore earlier than this, you know. But I do I do see that it's one that pushes the boundary further. Yeah, it's a little unorthodox. And they just ran with, with metal. Yeah, they're like, pu- they're pushing. They ran with it like with the whole. Sorry, you no, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, it's your album. My bad. Uh, okay, um, I just think they pushed the whole like death metal imagery, um, like on that shirt that they had with the goat, and it said death yeah. false metal. It's like yeah. they were like, "Yo, we're a fucking metal band," or like we're a hardcore band playing metal, and they just they just own their shit. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, but fuck, man, like Doom Patrol. As an opener is nuts, and the pins and needles, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, pins and needles. Oh. That, I think that first came out like the first little touch of dead guy you got was on one of the victory samplers, maybe victory style, and it was pins and needles before the record came out. And yeah, everyone, everyone was blown away, like, "Oh my god, I cannot wait for this!" You know, it's Tim Singer from No Escape's new band. It's gonna be the shit. And they were the shit, dude. Like, I mean, also, I never, also the fact that they mess around with so many time signatures, you know, like, kind of they're all over the place, like chaotically, you know, with the aggression, with everything, like the drumming. It's just never something that I could like put my finger on with the way that he takes things, and and like the riffs that th- those things are just so off the charts, like, um. Like I'm a huge Voivod fan, and I hear so much Voivod in these riffs with like all the ugly notes and chords, and like yeah, that's represented well in that song, fucking uh, makeshift Adam Smasher. Um, See, there's yeah, a, I've got a slightly funny story of this record. Um, of my dead body, we're on tour with American Nightmare for one of the tours we did with them, and it was West Coast, and so we. They had a, it was the second time we toured the West Coast with them, I think. And they had a fill-in drummer, this guy Nate from from Philly. And they were really mean to him, the whole band, because he consistently said the dumbest shit ever. And so they started calling him Hard Tard. Like Hard Tard, and, which is not nice, obviously. Yeah. And, but the thing is, he couldn't do anything right. No, He's one of those people, you know, like, when you're watching a, a sitcom and someone keeps doing the wrong thing over and over again, you're like looking through your fingers, like you can hardly watch it, you know, like watching extras or the office or something. That's what this kid kept doing. And so everyone was over at my house and, you know, I was what, like 23, 24. So my entire ceiling in my bedroom was all posters. And he, he goes in my room and, 
they've all been mean to him about like we just got back from Taco Bell and he he ordered uh, a quesadilla and they uh, <laughs> I don't know he just ordered something where they were just were ripping the shit out of him for like fucking it all up and then um, we go over to my house he goes oh I've always really wanted to listen to that record fixation on a cow worker. <laughs> And I think one of them just poured a glass of water over his head like, you fucking moron. And I felt so bad for him. But now all I ever hear when I think of that record is fixation on a cow worker. <laughs> I have a bever- I have a at Daniel's house beverage story. So we were staying with Daniel when we were recording the Another Year LP. And Daniel yep. originally didn't want us to drink beer in his house, but then... I went to the store and I got those country club forties that have the three X's on them. And I was like, well, here, here's a compromise. This is so good. <laughs> All right. Wild card, 1995. Uh, the correct answer. What's upon a cross? I'm going uh, to decide uh, once upon a cross. Um, this is super <laughs> it, for death metal. This is their third record. Uh, the first record is one of the greatest death metal albums of all time, but 1990, uh, there was too much other stuff. So they give their time to shine on their third LP. Uh, the second LP Legion. Um, although I know some people <laughs> love fucking, uh, the Kako demon song. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not that, it's not that fucking great. It's just weird. It, it gets a little too fast. They're not like, they're not focusing on like awesome songwriting and here they just hone it back in. Um, of course, the song "Once Upon a Cross." Jesus Christ, that riff is insane. Um, Christ denied when Satan rules this world. Um, but maybe the catchiest death metal song of all time. They are the children of the underworld. Jesus, like that's just one of the best death metal songs I've ever heard in my life. Um, I listen to this album and the first DSI record probably the most out of all the death metal stuff I listen to. Um, Although I listened to the first three obituary albums a lot and the new obituary album a lot. Oh, they're, uh, they're, I listen to a lot of shit. Uh, Menso Vile is fucking maybe the greatest uh, death metal record too. Um, Cryptopracy. However the fuck you say that band name. But uh, yeah, here's my choice. Deicide, Once Upon a Cross. And, uh, and so for honorable mentions, there's a fucking million for 95 um like almost all these i could have picked california first what's that california stuff first oh uh i got none no 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 wait wait wait. let me let me let me pick my my runner up oh yeah please uh damnation ad no more dreams dark record yeah yeah depressive heavy Best guitar tone, in my opinion. A lot of people don't think that, but I think Ken Olden is the fucking genius and can make question questionably bad guitar tones sound like amazing. Um, heavy as shit. I'll have to listen to it again for that because my favorite guitar tone comes out this year. Also, that's on Bull Weevil's Heavyweight. Um, but uh, Joe, if you want to do the California, go ahead. Well, just real quick, so. Um... The other pick that I was struggling with also was Jawbreaker Dear You. That came out this year. Rancid, Outcome of the Wolves. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Blink, Cheshire, AFI, answer that and stay fashionable. No use for a name, La Checa Carne. That's a good record. Rocket from the Crypt, Scream Dracula. Uh, Such a good uh, record. It is a great record. Pennywise, About Time, Lagwagon Haas, a uh, uh, Already said that. Sorry, Three and Utters, The Streets of San Francisco. Such a good album. Uh, Tilt, Till It Kills, The Muff, so Blonder and Blonder, Face to Face, The Big Choice, Ignite, Call My Brothers. So, Insomniac, is- Green Day. I don't, I don't think all these are good. Um, <laughs> are they? Are they actually? Are, they're they other albums that came out, or your honorable mentions? They're albums that came out. Okay. All right. I would only back maybe three of them. Okay, I'm backing. I'd, I'd back the Chicken Carne, Dear You, and uh, um, the ones that you guys already chose. Yeah, I like no that. outcome. The Wolves for you. I love nah, that. I so it. good. I, I like it better when they're called the Clash. <laughs> That's the next record. Um, <laughs> I I love Outcome the Wolves, and and I like that Tilt record I, I, too. And I know it's a very unpopular. Uh, you know, a stance, but I, I just never dug Rancid very yeah. much. So I love them. Just fantastic musicians and fantastic songs and all that. I just, I just can't get into them. All right, so I back all these: um, Marauder, Master Killer, uh, Yeah, Funeral Oration, the self-titled. This is their second self-titled album, but the first one they did. Do you like whole, that band? Oh, they're like one of my favorite bands, Daniel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one. I'm one of the only fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I said before, right? Like they they sold like zero CDs, like in the golden era when I I interned yeah. at Hopeless in '98, and they had sold like 600 CDs or some shit. Um, yeah, so that one, the Bully Bulls heavyweight uh, joke got good riddance. 88 Fingers Louis behind bars, one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, Lagwagon Haas. No use for name, Ramones. Oh, you're mixing it up. Yeah, well, I just got a list of all my honorable mentions. So, um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the Ramones, the last record, Adios Amigos. Um, that Rancid album I got there, Big L, Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous, one of the best yep. hip hop records ever. Uh, Old Dirty Bastard, Return of the 36 Chambers, Mob Deep, The mm-hmm. Infamous, Raekwon, Only Built for Cuban Links, AZ, Do or Die. Jizza, Liquid Swords, Suffocation, Pierce from Within, Death, Symbolic, At the Gate, Slaughter of the Soul, and Crown of Thorns, Train Yard Blues. All could have been my picks. All right. Yeah, I, was, got, I, was taking, I was taking a piss, but I just want to say I love that Big L album. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Ebonics. What a song. That's on the next one, um, though. Uh, well... <laughs> Well, <laughs> hit 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 me on the hip and let me know. <laughs> All right, my other ones that I had to whittle down to get those three. What's the story? Morning Glory Oasis, Max and K, Tricky, uh, The Great Escape by Blur, To Bring You My Love, PJ Harvey, Aisha Coco, Supergraph. Uh, you've already mentioned a bunch of the hip hop ones. Elastica, self-titled, and uh, Me Against the World, Tupac, and Northern Soul by The Verve. Yep, those are... Oh, Red Medicine, Fugazi. I also had... Sorry, you done, Daniel? Yeah. I also had uh, Shelter, Mantra, 
Nice. Uh, Bad Brains Gotta Love came out this year. Uh, His Heroes Gone, Medicine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Elliot Smith's self-titled. Are you an Elliot oh, Smith French. fan, Daniel? Uh, not not hugely. but Me I either, do, but I do have this record. I do recognize the talent. Brown Sugar D'Angelo also came out this year, which is a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. album. Oh, Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy. Um, okay, let's go on to 96, California Punk and Hardcore, Daniel. Redemption 87, self-titled. Love it. Such a fucking great record. What a great cover. Just a, I giant, love the cover. a giant jump, like legs to the side, like, wah! And the way he sings, like, is <laughs> embodied by that picture, you know? Yeah. Just full, like, aggression. This might given my given my age. Is that the same singer of Nerve Agents? Yes. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And before before Redemption '87, he sang in a band called Unit Pride. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, what a really great California hardcore record that is referencing, you know, a a bygone era in the middle of metalcore. You know. Um, yeah, great band, and it, it kind of forgotten at this point, just because maybe that CD's not in press. I don't know. It's a weird yeah. one because it was on it was on New Age, and Mike has done such mm-hmm. a good job of keeping a lot of things in press. But but yeah, that one just kind of went by the wayside, unfortunately, because they were big yeah. and they were important um, at that time. Like we traveled all over to see them. We drove up to San Francisco to see one of their last shows. Um, I think it was like them and Snapcase. It was at the Oh, uh, maybe it was in the pound. Was that a place up there? Damn. Yeah, it was the pound. Yeah, okay. it was yeah, we the there. pound. I'm sure. Yeah, that shit was fucking hilarious. So, like before the show, we're hanging out, shooting some pool, and we're all like terrible. Like we don't know shit. We're 17 or some shit, 17, 18, and uh, yeah, yeah. And so this fucking Guido comes up and like puts his like quarters, you know, like in the little, the little nook underneath. Like, like totally knows what he's doing. We're like, oh shit! Like we didn't even know what that meant. Cause like we just thought we were playing each other on the table, you know. And I got like, next. Yeah, he's like, I got next. He's cool. He comes up, and puts his fifty cents down. We're like, fuck. So Tony wins this like sloppo ass game of like twenty minute <laughs> pool, you know, of us playing like teams or some shit. <laughs> it's like, well, Tony, you gotta play him, you know. And uh, of course, you know, like Tony scratches the the fucking cue ball in the first Break. hit, but but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So it's like, okay, just like do again. All right, so he goes again, and, like, the game starts. This guy's fucking great. Like, it's, like, you know, six balls in on his next turn and shit, or whatever the fuck, like a, a handful. And then it's Tony's time, and he, Tony, you know, even though, even though the guy misses, he sets Tony up for a bad shot, you know? And we're like, Tony, you gotta, you're going to have to use the pussy stick, you know? Like that, that stick off the wall to, like, line up yeah, your shot when you got a bad yeah. shot. What's it called? I just call it the cheater stick. Okay, the cheater stick. The that's, stick. That's the better. Stick, dude. Yeah, I think that's way better. Yeah. Yeah, the cheat. Okay, we'll go with the cheater <laughs> stick. So that's better. I gotta, I gotta work that into my vocabulary. We're like, yeah, Tony, get the cheater <laughs> stick. You know, so Tony, he lines up, he lines up his shot, and we're like, oh fuck, you know, Tony is taking this one seriously. He's to make a comeback for Oxnard, you know. And he fucking lines up, but he just fucking he reels the thing back like he's playing pinball and just fucking shuffles the the cheater stick through all the balls. 
Yeah, we are as fucking, and the Guido dude is just like looking at it. It's like, like disgusted, dude. I'm on the floor like laughing and shit. It was like, oh my god, it's wild. It's called the it's called the spider in snooker, so it might be the spider in pool as well. Okay, yeah. Hey, fucking Stu, <laughs> Stu coming out calling it the pussy stick. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> but yeah, Redemption eighty seven self titled LP. This LP fucking rules. Yeah. That bass intro to About Face, it's just so yes. good. And I occasionally see the guy, Ian, who played bass in Redemption 87 uh, at Timeless. And next time I see him, I'm going to be like, yo, man, that bass intro on About Face, I'm just going to say that and then walk off. <laughs> yeah, you got to just say that bass intro on About Face and give him a fist bump and leave. Yeah, no, I just got to go About Face and walk yeah. right out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's it. Uh, All right. Um, great pick. Absolutely love it. And a great addition to the New Age catalog. It's like what made that label so special. Is like, how is Hartsfield always just finding this fucking perfect shit? You know? Yeah. So let's go on to Joe. Your pick for 1996 California Punk and Hardcore. Um, these are so difficult. Can I guess? Sure. Uh, you're going. Everything sucks. Uh, for California. Yeah. Fuck. They're not a California band. Descendants. Not by then. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, my my so, my guess was poor. And I and I apologize. Uh, I mean, it's a good guess, but they were <laughs> they were absolutely, you know, located in in Fort Collins, Colorado, by that time. Did Joe just hit you with like a verbal meme of pwned? Yeah, <laughs> I got pwned. I'm like, the, I'm, I haven't heard that word in so long. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm totally the dog that just caught the tennis ball with my face. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize, Joe. Uh, we, we know it's a psychobabliology. Oh, oh, shit. That was that year, too, huh? No. I, I didn't even put any of those things on here. Um, no, I chose. Uh, it was going to be a toss-up between. Uh, well, I'll just go with what I chose: uh, through silver and blood, neurosis. Sick. It's absolutely the best neurosis record. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think so. Yeah. Sick. So, I've, been, yeah. I've been I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone, and yeah. there's a there's a machine gun in it called the. <laughs> The necrosis, and I always say, "Ah, oh, sick! I got the neurosis." <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. That's only funny to me. <laughs> they were uh, uh, unbelievably fantastic band to see live. Uh, you know, they're in crushing ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. They were unfucking believable to, to to witness. Sick visuals too. Yeah. Well. I mean, that part was cool, but just how just on top of their music they were was it just it just made it that much better. So mm-hmm. I love the record. Sick. So, yeah. This uh, Stu, California Punk and Hardcore 96. And don't, don't, don't <clears> you <throat> dare say everything sucks. No, I won't because it's wrong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I picked Good Riddance 
a comprehensive guide to modern rebellion. Yes. That was number two. Awesome. I thought that would be your number one, dude. Well, it was like 1.5. It was really hard for me to choose between the two. We, that's the record that I, I toured with him on. So We get it. Fuck, you fucking hate good riddance. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, every track is so good. This is pretty long, um, but I always find myself having to listen to the whole thing all the way through. I I fucking love, like, Weight of the World into Steps. Yeah. And then Credit to His Gender, some fucking rules. Yeah. Um, But I think my favorite song. Is uh, token idiot? He, why did he need to take that pill? Never have and never, never will. Never, never will. That song rips. Oh. Yeah, dude. Um, even the heavy song rips, dude. Uh, West End Memorial. The distorted vocals suck. I mean, yeah, but it's still heavy as fuck. Yeah, but it's just like Russ has one of the greatest voices, and then it's like I want to hear Russ sing. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I like, uh, you know, on, on the Andrew Klein interview, which uh, was out last week, um, he talks about, like, when they did the, the song Slipping for uh, One Truth, and, like, it's a fucking ballad, you know, and they're like, fuck, I don't know what Rick's going to do on here. And he came in, and he, like, sang it in his, like, Rick Rodney voice, but then did just a little extra singing, and, and it really, like, they pulled it off, you know, people liked it. And uh, I would have just liked to hear... I would like to hear Russ like do an honest take on that, and then like on one of the hardcore songs too. It's like he does distorted vocals too. I think, or maybe that's on the third record. Uh, third record. Okay, but yeah, I love this album. Great, great choice, Stu. Got anything else on it? Yeah, whole thing. He did so do good. it live without without the distortion, obviously, and it did sound pretty dang good. So yeah, I don't know why why they made that choice for for West End on this record, but whatever they did. Maybe they're just saying, hey, you want to hear this uh, at 100%? You got to buy a ticket, fool. And the fucking kink song is badass, so. Oh, dude, it's such a good cover. Such a good fucking cover. Is that Come Dancing? Yeah, Come Dancing. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I mean, I like that version better than the original. I mean, I heard that one first, but that's just, so that goes without saying. But, man, they did a really good job on that. All right, right. 95, hate to be predictable, but I went, or 96, I went Ignite Past Our Means um, to follow up the year after Call My Brothers with like six more songs of the same, kind of. Like, it's awesome. It's Ignite at their best. The song Embrace, Jesus Christ. Um, There's, yeah, I I just, I fucking love this record. That's it. Um, Shout out. Shout out Smelly, shout out Noodles, and shout out Janos. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Again, it's been talked to death on this uh, pod, so we'll leave it at that. Well, I'm just going to throw this out that that pod you did with Brett back in, was it June 3rd? I think that came out, uh, was <laughs> phenomenal. So that was a. That was great, and you guys Appreciate talking that. about this record was cool too. Yeah, yeah, he was he was such a good guest, and he, I mean, he he stuck with me. Right, I wanted to go through everything like a fucking nerd, and he was right there with me. So 
That was really yeah. cool. He's been great. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a great player. He. He. That was. Uh, you did a great job on that, dude. Uh, I really appreciate those kind words, Joe. Thanks so much. Um, of course, man. Okay, let's. Uh, Joe, actually, why don't you throw out the Californias right now? The ones that we didn't get to. Um, uh, a few we, others that I that I noted. Okay. What, sorry, sorry. No, just mine are all mixed into my list, so it gets confusing. Oh, oh okay. I, I got you. I got you. A uh, few others that I noted: uh, social distortion, white light, white heat, white trash. Uh, Bad Religion, The Grey Race, No Effects, Heavy Petting Zoo, AFI, Very Proud of You, The Strung Out Record, uh, something Which teenage. one? Oh, Teenage Wasteland, dude. Yeah. Teenage Wasteland Blues, so good. Swinging Utters, uh, Juvenile, Face to Face, The Self-Titled, The Bangles Christmas Record, and this was the one I wanted to, this was like a, a my third choice, The Good Rings was <laughs> second, and this was third, this, which was a Youth Brigade to Sell the Truth. Ooh. Because I love that record. I miss that one, and and I love that. That's my favorite youth read. Um, I also uh, I remember you talking about it with Becca, so I, I I wanted to make sure that I noted it here, and I do really like that record. So yeah, I love that, and uh, I love that Swinging Others also. And I know there's some others, but but that, I, I, you know. that Swinging Others, the song "Wind Spitting Punk" yes, on it. Yes. Oh my God! What a song. And that's the kind of thing, you know, we talked about it on other pods when you come across a record and maybe if you're listening for the first or second time, you just skip back and listen to the same song over yeah. and over again. Yeah. That's the song on that record for sure. Yeah, I can I can spot my California hardcores here so I can do that. Um, the Hood 7-inch on Back to Basics, once again, 1996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh, so good, dude. Yeah, got that. But, but their best shit is 98, 99. In my opinion, um, you got the localism comp in '96, and we also oh, got shit, yeah. the Burning Dog seven inch Psycho Babylology. Mm. How do you <laughs> how do you say it? Nice, nice Psycho Babylology. Psycho Babylology. Still can't say it right. Psycho Babel. <laughs> Ultra magnetic, unimaginetic, ology. Undematic. Daniel wins the Stitchback Award. Um, all right, let's go on to uh, our wild card, 1996. Wild cards. Daniel. Okay. I'm only going to name one for this year, and I'll just do others as the... Um, others. Yeah, as the almost made it. How brave. Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister. This LP... Came out of nowhere for me. This is the first Bell and Sebastian record I ever heard. I wasn't familiar with the kind of bands that they are tapping into, like the original um, dream pop type bands and twee music that they're doing. But Bell and Sebastian perfect it. Um, every song on here is is a grade A triple threat banger and the way all of their LPs look uh, with the layouts of old photos and stuff I don't know I just absolutely love it and if you've never heard this record really give it a, a listen because it's such an amazing LP and if anybody wants to know a little more about it or you know uh, enjoys little small uh, documentaries uh Pitchfork did one on like, I think they did a few on things that they called perfect albums. And it was like mini 
documentaries behind the the record, kind of like interviewing everyone who was on it, what was going on at the time, and all of that. And they do one on this LP, and it is it's a really great little documentary. So, Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister, uh, the standout track I would say is "Get Me Away from Here, I'm Dying," which is played at 98% of the fucking in the bushes sets ever. All right. The um, end. Joe with your uh wild card. A wild card. My wild card would be um this uh 80s punk band that moved to Fort Collins, Colorado <laughs> called The Descendants. <laughs> Everything sucks. <laughs> So yes, it's. They, I was going to get to it. It just in the right column. That's all. Okay. Um, this oh. record is their their comeback record. You know, uh, they played the uh, the whiskey. Uh, did sold out what seven or eight nights in a row, whatever it was. Uh, I I couldn't get tickets for any of it, and then Eddie hooked me up with tickets for one show, and Good Riddance hooked me up with tickets for another show, and it was it was phenomenal. And then I got to see him there in Soma on New Year's Eve. Um, on this tour, uh, everything, the descendants were amazing. And, you know, we could go on and on for hours about the musicianship of Bill Carl and Stefan, but we won't, but it's, it's great. So everything sucks. Buy yeah, it. Yeah. One of the greatest, uh, punk comeback albums. And I wonder if uh, ever, yeah, I saw him at Soma also in the big room and, I wonder if that was New Year's Eve. I wonder no, if no, no, it wasn't. No, they, it, it was, Joe's talking it was about the New Year's Eve. Eve. Sports arena show. Yeah, it's a sports arena. Was okay. there a barricade? There was a barricade. Yes. The stage was so high that it it wouldn't matter. There anyway. were two. There were two stages. Yeah, on, both, on either both side ends. of both yeah. ends of the basketball court, because that's what the sports arena is—the basketball arena. And not since '82. Uh, the dis- shout out Master P. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Good Riddance played at eleventh. 25 to 11.55 and then the sentence went on at midnight. So they good riddance, luck, lucked out I think because everybody's going to be on the floor waiting to see the descendants. So they just turned around and watched good riddance for the whole, their whole set and it was, and they played phenomenal and all that. So yeah. Yeah. I think I saw the summer. It was like they did that whiskey run for a week and then they must've played like right after that. Yeah, yeah, they played a couple shows in Soma and a couple, you know, uh, I think like three or four shows somewhere in San Francisco too, as well. Okay. Like on that same little run. Probably Slims. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I imagine it would be Slims back then, especially back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the parking lot of Soma, like I'm, I'm loading the, the t- you know, selling t shirts are good riddance at the time. So sports I'm loading arena. all the t shirts at, at the sports arena. Yeah. And, I'm loading the uh, the t-shirt boxes into the van, and Luke is helping me with guitar circuit in this what looks like kind of a bum guy. After this is well, after the show's over, goes, "Oh, hey, I like your van. Oh, oh, this is so cool, whatever." But you know, talking talking to to Luke, and I'm still loading boxes in, but I'm like mesmerized because I know who this guy is, and he doesn't. Luke has no fucking clue who he is. And then he walks away. The guy walks away. I'm all, dude, how rad was that? He's all, Luke's all like, yeah, I don't know who that bum was. Well, that was fucking Bill Stevenson, dude. 
Who would then produce their next, the next, you know, every record after that? So, <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, Stu, wild card ninety six. Right. <clears throat> for my for my wild card, I picked one hundred eight threefold misery. Um, I I just, I found this record in a in a weird time, so it's like super special. Um, but I think. For 96, this is, and correct me if I'm wrong because I wasn't there, but I feel like it's kind of like an apex of 90s hardcore or definitive, it's like the definition of. um, Like, Victor Carr's guitar playing is so sloppily perfect on this record. Um. And like the drumming, I know there was like an issue with getting a drummer. I think Harley was going to be the drummer from for the Chromags. He was going to be the drummer on this record, and they did only one practice with him, and then they decided not to have him in the band. <laughs> um, but uh, but fuck, man, this thing hauls ass like from the first track, to the last track, and there's like a full on reggae part in this record. And where they chant Hare Krishna, and I think it's fucking red. And give me some um, reggae. <laughs> 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 Love this shit, dude. That's cool. <laughs> All right, the correct answer for wild card. Dun, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Demonstrate my style. Demonstrate my style. Yeah. Uh, second Madball LP. Uh, it's, I mean, Set it off is so sentimental, and set it off, it just sounds like no, it sounds like nothing that could ever be recaptured. But Madball coming out and their second LP being arguably as good as the first um, is insane. And this is the most underrated positive hardcore record ever. If you like go through the lyrics of like most of Madball, you know they're they're a re- reality driven band uh, lyrically. You know, I think Freddie does a great job about being honest, um, you know, about his life and so forth. And But this record, for whatever reason, like, things were going pretty good for Freddie Madball, I think. Because, like, this is super, super positive. Um, the lyrics are really positive and shit. Um, and they got, you know, the title track is amazing. Streets of Hate to fucking, right. to, do a, to do a song that has two fucking notes and pull it off that insane, you know, like the verse is literally two notes. And then, uh, the chorus is like three notes and it's like just a fucking great, great song. And yeah, Stu, you got the hit pride on there. Uh, Sam, seminal Madball song that they end every set with. So, so much shit on here. Um, Daniel thinks that the side B falls off a little bit, but he's wrong. Um, it bangs just as hard. <laughs> this LP is great all the way through. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, so that is my pick for 1996 wildcard. Madball demonstrated my style. Um, can I mention? Oh, cool. can, I mention <laughs> can I mention two uh, wildcards that almost eclipse the one I mentioned? Uh, these are my two that I would have, if I was going to be a dick and do this for every single time, would have been Iron Man, Ghostface, and Coming Up by Suede. Both are in my top 
100 records of all time as well. So, okay, here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. All right, here's my honorable mentions. And again, any of these could have been my picks. I love all these albums so much. Um, Cryptopracy. However, the fuck you say that band name, I have no idea. But the LP None So Vile is like the wildest, greatest death metal album ever. I fucking love it. Um, hey, that production, though. What do you think about the production? I think that it set the tone for like late next late 90s death metal yeah i don't know like, just because like the the songs are so wild i don't know how you would capture it it's like it's about as much as my brain can handle you know yeah. <laughs> so um bad religion gray race uh joe had mentioned that descendants everything sucks he picked that the uh h2o self-titled record fucking amazing yep. uh redemption Thanks. 87 daniel picked it sepultura roots fucking hardest breakdown ever probably um cool. Hoods once again, 96, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, uh, Keith Murray, oh, yeah. Enigma, uh, Nas, It Was Written, Ghostface Killer, Iron Man, uh, Floor Punch, Division One Champ, 7-inch, Tenor Fight, Hardcore Pride, 7-inch, Rain on the Parade, Body Bag, 7-inch, Battery, Until the End, The Localism Comp, mm-hmm. The Burning Dog, 7-inch, Turbo Negro, Ask Cobra, Helicopters, with their greatest records, Super Shitty to the Max, fucking love that album. Uh, 25 to life, keeping it real and Chrome, uh, excuse me. And hit it, hit it, hit it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one it is. Hopefully it's this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. Um, I'm going to remember these things. Yeah. And then finally uh crown of thorns mentally vexed. I'm going to make a nice. label for you. I know. Well, I, I remember now the blue is, I got a, I, I, the, the, the few I wanted to throw out two that are super important to me that were almost picked um, which is uh, Propaganda Less Talk More Rock. I fucking love that record. And the El- Ensign self-titled on Indecision. That's a good album. Right. Um, introducing DJ Shadow, The Score, Fuji's, Murder oh, Ballads, Fuji's Nick too. Cave, Atlians, Outcast, Pinkerton, Weezer. That's a fucking banger. Um, and... Avail 4 a.m. Friday. Oh yeah, back, dude. Yes. In back, Odelay. <laughs> Did I lose you guys? <laughs> and the crowd goes mild. Um, <laughs> Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar, and Zach's favorite, Sublime, self-titled. <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> <laughs> and Metallica Load. The best Metallica record. Oh. <laughs> All right. Ready to go on to uh, 1997? Yeah. Uh, There's only one answer. Uh, for 97 California Punk and Hardcore? Yep. Yeah. There's only one answer? Let's see if you got it right. Okay. We'll see. But let's go to Daniel first. Oh, shit. I have two two choices. The Built to Last EP, which is the best Built to Last ever sounded, I feel. Um, because they it's half the way they sound on and knowing is half the battle and half the way they sound on loyalty and betrayal. But it's also some of their best songs, like Broken. Um, I really love that EP. You like it too, right, Zach? 
Hello? <laughs> He's going okay. to make a drink or something. Dear, dear listener, that's how much the host gives a fuck about our opinions. <laughs> Or particularly my opinion. Because he's just walked off from the fucking microphone while I'm asking him questions. He went to go poop. Come on. I was grabbing my veggie tots. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you hear what my choice was? (laughs) Build the Last Self-Titled. My favorite Build the Last record as well. And then I thought you were going to talk about it for five minutes. Which I was, but I was getting clarification from you. What was the question? And then I was saying... This is your favorite Built to Last record as well, isn't it? Zach? Yeah, for sure. And then crickets chirped down the phone. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron, don't hurt All right. me. <laughs> and um, the other the other record I chose is 7-Inch by Kill Holiday. It's their best stuff, It's uh, in my opinion. It's a 7-Inch called Meant to Let You Down, and both songs on it are fucking amazing. It's on... Simba Records, uh, Vic, who used to live in England and do a, Vic, uh, a fanzine called Simba, they moved to America and then was like A&R for Rev for a million years. But she put out this 7-inch and it is the best Kill Holiday songs there is. I mean, I love the LP that comes later as well that's on Rev, but this is, I think, the perfect amount of Still the toes in hardcore and then their eyes on Britpop. It's really great. This is the one that Rob Mentally played on, right? No, that was Monitor Dependency. So this is this the one is, after Rob leaves? This is the one after the one mm-hmm. that Rob leaves. It's a the seven inch <laughs> when they were not really operating that much. And I think Steve just wrote these songs and then they like kind of reformed and recorded them and they're so good. I really, really recommend it. I don't know if they're available online. I'm sure they're on YouTube. So check them out. Meant to Let You Down 7-Inch by Kill Holiday. All right, let's go on to Joe. The correct answer is... I don't know. There's not a whole lot that I... California that I really like. A side of local stuff, which is, I chose, it would be bleed. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Go. <laughs> I love bleed. We've talked about it a million times. I love this record yeah. so much. I like it more than Big Rusty Balls. Me too. And I like it more than the album that Joe played on that shit talked to all of us. Me too. Dang. Yeah, it'll be bleed. Can someone put this out on vinyl one day? I would much appreciate that. I, I hope that Fred does it. You know, because Fred's, he's pretty fired. He's pretty fired up about putting out stuff again. And this is something I'd really love to see. Fred should just sell. Fred should just sell one more straight ahead sealed LP and just put it out on that. (laughs) <laughs> so crazy uh, Meyer Threat blank black 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 back blank whatever that one is yeah okay Stu uh, <clears throat> the real right answer is strife in this defiance mm. 
This is. I love that. <laughs> like everyone's giving each other straight neutrality when it comes to like seriously. Dude. Every pick, everyone just goes silent. I was on. I was on mute because I'm eating tots and I'm trying not to offend you, Daniel. Yeah, thanks. I do are appreciate that. Are they that. crunchy? <laughs> I was going to get Corrales too so I could open burrito, but. <laughs> that paper, though. Um, dude, this fucking album is so heavy. Like, the amount of Tremelo picking riffs on this thing always blow my mind. And, like, it has that straight edge anthem, dude. I think Force of, Force of Change is, like, the edge anthem. Um, Pity they didn't fucking live by it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Except for Andrew. Shout out, Andrew. Shout out, yeah. Noodles. Shout out, Yano. Shout out, Smelly. <laughs> <laughs> how about just on... Uh, the first song is Waiting, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about just having like a, a snare feel be that catchy? Yeah. So good. So heavy. Um, I, I can live without the intro and the outro and the middle part with like screaming and like the I don't know what was really going on but well if you um, if you listen to the podcast last week with Andrew he would explain everything to you because uh you well, know 185 185 miles south leaves no stones unturned in our interviews good so well I gotta listen to that basically what happened I'll tell you um in case anyone missed it then you should go back and listen to it because it was last week but uh they they signed like a a publishing deal with someone and basically like the record had to be x amount long so they did all that stuff to drag the album out so it hit a certain minute mark oh shit yep well respect um i love the insert on this thing like all the negatives laid out all those radical live shots and uh, I think the colorway in general is just like purple and silver. And I think it's fucking sick. Um, I, ne- I never saw this band in their prime, but I did see them. I, I have seen them a lot. Um, and I loved every time I saw that band. And I loved seeing Corey IA sing uh, Force to Change. I always thought that was fucking cool. So, yeah. Shout out Blistered. Heaviest breakdown ever. Yeah, I don't know if you can get and, the full. Uh, I don't know if you can get the full strive experience if you're not seeing it at the showcase of people diving on you from behind. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> cool. Fuck that. Good record. Um, all these picks are fucking great. But 1997, <laughs> you motherfuckers! It's, I know uh, what you're picking. Can I guess? Yeah. Dude Ranch, Blink 182. <laughs> great, great, great LP. No lie, great LP. Daniel, you know what I'm picking. Ninety-seven, California, built to last. Oh no, powerhouse. Duh. Who? Powerhouse. Oh yeah, dude. Who? 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 Yeah, yeah. That song's on the seven-inch. I'm choosing the record, the full length. Uh, <laughs> And it is Powerhouse No Regrets. This is one of the greatest hardcore albums of all time. Um, uh, it's a CD, bro. It's a CD. That's true. And it's a goddamn shame it never made it onto vinyl. Someone should put it out. I can't believe that some of you are Come on, Fred. Come on, Fred. Put it out. 185 Miles Record. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, 
You got all kinds of time, Zach, right? Yeah, not, <laughs> not all kinds of money during COVID. Um, but, but yeah, I would like uh, someone to put this out. That would be awesome. I think that they were talking about it. Someone was going to do it. Um, but yeah, this album sounds like nothing before it or after it. And it is absolutely classic California hardcore. It's like half New York hardcore and then half like them doing a California spin on it. So it's like, it's fully like wild style, but firmly rooted in New York hardcore. Um, so fucking Chris hard. Chris is from New Jersey, you know, grew up in the NYHC scene. So yep. he brings that flavor to the Oakland yeah. maniacs. Yeah, and it's so... Da, da, na, na. Oakland Police Department. Yeah, so so fucking hard, so catchy. Like, that breakdown on Nothing Sacred with the sing-along, and then just that, that long fucking build-up into it with, like, the bass walking That's and so track, forth. Dude. That is one of the greatest hardcore songs ever. And, uh, yeah, and then straight into Ignorant One. Holy fuck. Like, we don't need the fucking Ku Klux Klan. So sick. Um, that sounds hard as shit. Uh, yeah. I should have known is is such a, has such a good fucking lead. Yeah, and I should have known with like the the woes. Like that's a fucking party ass song, and like it's a good take on a uh, on like a breakup song. You know, that's a that's a song about a girl, and it's fucking sick. Um, this album just straight through. If you guys haven't heard it, Powerhouse No Regrets, one of my favorite albums of all time. It's been talked about on the podcast as much as we talked about. Ill repute bleed and fuck. I don't know. What are the top five most talked about records on the podcast? Those those two and then unbroken unbroken for sure. Uh, the reflection is it reflections the song? <laughs> yeah, it reflections the song. So uh, and funeral funeral oration <laughs> discography. <laughs> Which CD? But, yeah. Um that's my pick. That's California. So Joe, you want to take us to the honorable mentions of California? Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot more. Like I said, um, I also noted um, uh, sorry, Dude Ranch. Like I said, I was making a joke. Huh? Your name, making it's friends. It's not a joke. It's a great record. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, Pennywise, <laughs> Full Circle, uh, Lag Wagon, Double Platinum. There's a ton of hardcore stuff that I, I, I just didn't bother trying to write it all down because I knew that you guys would pick the right stuff. So, I'll tell you the good stuff. Yeah, go for it, please. Um, well, it should come oh, in after. After uh, it's a lot of it's not California. Okay, well then, yeah, then don't touch it. <laughs> okay, let's go on to Wild Card ninety-seven, Daniel. Okay, this is a year where I, I'm not kidding. There may have been twenty choices valid but what i did was i will whittled it down to three records and i put them into two categories so the ones that i listened to literally till i think my record player was going to break that year plus um still loving them today are Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space by Spiritualized and Urban Hymns by The Verve. Both of those records still mean the world to me. And that year, I don't think I 
besides hardcore and a, and some hip hop records, of course, I don't think I listen to anything more than those two. And then the record that I have since discovered and fallen in absolute love with, and it is my favorite record by one of my absolute favorite artists, is The Boatman's Call by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Those are my three choices for this. Um, if anybody hasn't listened to Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space, it is a record by someone who is an author, like he. This guy, Jason Spaceman, he's originally from the Spaceman 3, and he does spiritualize now. He, he designs and writes every part of every song and then gets good musicians to come in and play it. And it this is the record of him being brokenhearted after being broken up with. The interesting fun fact is Richard Ashcroft from The Verve stole Jason Sp- Spaceman's uh, girlfriend. So the record that ladies and gentlemen, the girl that ladies and gentlemen is written about went with the guy that the Verve has written all these positive, lovely songs about. So it's a fun dichotomy there. But if you want to hear what a broken heart sounds like on a record, listen to ladies and gentlemen with blown in space. It is unbelievable. And, um, not many, not many people do it that much these days, you know, like actually just sit with headphones on and listen to the layering of a song. But the title track of this, the way it, it, it's sung in the round and each pass comes with more layers and more layers, it is the most, it's probably the, one of the most beautiful songs of all time. Funny you should say that, Dan. What were you going to say? Well, it's just funny you say that about the headphones because I recently listened to the new Retaliate record with headphones on. And holy shit. <laughs> God damn, shit sounds good. <laughs> or right. the best band ever. So. Yeah. Hey, you know. The best. You know. Uh, let's go to Joe with his uh, wild card. Joe, yeah. you going to ask something then for a second, though? Oh, uh, is this... Uh, you're mentioning these two bands, and then they have their, their drama between each other. Um, did they go on tour together? No, I don't like think. it. Like in the middle oh, of, of oh that yeah yeah drama? yeah yeah. No, before that drama, like when the Verve were a lot noisier. Okay. Um, back in the early when Verve were just called Verve, not the Verve. Oh, okay. Before they got sued by the jazz label to change their name to uh, the Verve. Um, okay. That's how Richard Ashcroft met Kate Ridley from Spiritualized, who then. I must out have Jason I must Pierce. have them mixed up with somebody else because there's somebody else where they. A girl, like they're completely different coasts, uh, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. Um, I chose. I had to choose two records, and there were a whole bunch of others. That I were, know what one of them is. What's that? Okay, computer. Nope. No. Oh, yeah. all right. That's one of the ones that almost made the list, but yeah, it's it's Lifetime Jersey's best dancers, oh, and yeah. and sick of it all. Don't last. Nice. I can't have one without the other and vice versa. So, um, I love them. Daniel's giving you time to talk. You should, uh, take advantage of it. <laughs> okay. Then what? Sorry. No, nothing. I'm cutting. I, I, I just lost you guys. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, Jersey's best dancer is a great record. Sick of it all. Built to last. 
great record. Fourth LP of a hardcore yeah. band. It's insane. It's insane <clears throat> to do four good yeah. records. Um, but Jersey Best Dancer is my favorite lifetime for sure. Uh, actually, yeah. well, I never listened to any of the ones after this, but uh, this is the only one that I like. Um, I don't really like Hello Bastards, except for the last song. I think the last song is one of the best lifetime songs. The ostrich size, eh. or os- ostracized, or whatever. But uh, yeah. but yeah, Jersey Best Dancers, absolutely love it. Yeah, really we talked about that before. But I remember back in '97, like you, you did love this record. Oh, I, I love like it. It's something I, got it on, that, I have it on vinyl. It's something that you and I talked about. It. You and I talked about that. Like, oh man, this record's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like you wanted, you wished you could sing like that, so you could be in a band that that played songs like that. Yeah, man. Um, I love this record and, and I love the saves the day record. Um, the first one. So, Ugh. Oh, you're crazy. Dana. <laughs> My Dana. thoughts. Exactly. Dude. No, dude. A lifetime over saves the day for sure. Oh, well, I think this is better than the saves the day, but I also love that for saves the day. They, they, I mean, they're it's only, so they're the only other band that did the style and they do it great on that record. Daniel, were you at the shake cafe show when yeah. saves the day played? I was at uh, the very first Saves the Day came to San Diego, which was at the Empire Club with Bane. Okay. And I was bummed on them because of how much of a lifetime rip it was. Yeah. Well, that show sounds slightly later on, but. That that show merged with when Battery and Tenard Fight were touring at the showcase. Then I was there. Then I was no that the showcase I saw that one there. Oh okay. Um, but no, saves the day they headlined like solo. I think the next time they came out of the Shea. It oh was, okay. It was fucking yeah. great. It was awesome. Probably gave it a pass. <laughs> what a dick! All right, <laughs> let's move. Let's move on. To, let's move on to Steve. <laughs> um, for ninety-seven wild card, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm picking. Hate breed satisfaction is the death of desire. Yes, me too. Dang. Me too. Because this shit's hard as fuck. Like, throne. Yeah, dude, that fucking song, man. Yeah. There's a video of me on YouTube playing that song really bad. If you ever want to dive deep. How big of a Hatebreed fan do you have to be to be clicking Hatebreed songs to end up to like the very last video on YouTube that Stu playing a Hatebreed song? <laughs> like, I've, I've watched, it, yeah, it literally just says, it literally just says Conceived Through an Act of Violence by Stuart Wilson. <laughs> I, I've watched well, we 27,463 Hatebreed <laughs> videos on YouTube and finally I got to the one of Stu playing. <laughs> what we need to do is do a Patreon hard deep dive on that YouTube vid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be like, hey, that that roll uh, at uh, that roll at one fifteen was weak as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hard dude, dude. This album is so great and it's it's the hardcore game changer. Like if you even look at, it, at like so so the Strife record came out the same year, right? In this defiance? Yeah. Um it's a perfect example because Strife is like a heavy hardcore band that had fast parts, but their style was not based around breakdowns. Like they were not a breakdown band. Like that's why the breakdown on they're a build up. They're right. a build yeah. up band. They're, build they're up, a hype build up band. Yeah, build up and sing along, and that's why the yeah. breakdown on Blistered was like so notable, 
right? It's like they did like a big breakdown part. But Hatebreed comes out, they do this record where every song is like under two minutes, and every, yeah, every song, song has fucking blistered. yeah, and every song has a fucking breakdown in it, and it changed the fucking game. And almost every band overnight had a breakdown in every song, you know. Like before this, like there's, I mean, all of hardcore, like you're not having breakdowns in every single song, and everything after this, like hardcore switches to being like about the breakdown, you know. So, but no one ever great, did. great graphic design, <laughs> dude. I was, I was just gonna say. The hate we need to like talk about the hate breed logo and how fucking ignorant that shit is. Yeah. And also the fact that whoever did the artwork for this LP was like, Well, I've got this new font package. Let me use all of them. <laughs> well it's very Let's use illegible cursive. Yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna use it on the T shirts too. <laughs> yeah, well um Yolo. This LP is, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. It's carried on the strength of the songs and the the logo is very of the time, but it's also very iconic. Like you know what it is. Like if you saw that you font it, if you saw that font, you would fucking know it's hate breed. So there's something oh, yeah. there's something to Flaming lowercase old English dude. <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking sick. Just so uh, as someone who has some sick flame work tattoos from the nineties, I can rep I can rep that. Oh, so, so tight. Joe, are you trying to say something? Uh, I was just saying, uh, I was going to say that it's it's really unfortunate because they're, they're a great band and they seem like pretty nice guys. The only time I met them once, but um, it's unfortunate the fucking knuckleheads that back these yes. guys. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Like Coming into mu- in the aggressive music, um, like I thought Haybreed was cool, but people were like, don't listen to Haybreed, they're a racist band. Right. And, and and then, some, yeah, oh yeah, dude, oh yeah. It was like a big deal. Like I, I mean, I was getting that. into hardcore. Still, for like still people 2000s. think that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Hatebreed Mustache guy did it too. In yeah. fact, yeah, he in fact, it. in fact, there's there was a meme I just saw yesterday during the riots. Uh, of, you know, how can you tell which guys are the cops? In you know, uh, you know, the cops of uh, the undercover cops is he's the guy in the Hatebreed shirt. That's stupid. Dang. I know it's stupid, but but you, you, it's still they still have that perception that that that's yeah. all. I was but that's that. just, and, if, and they're not that at all. But they're if not that at all. But if you're a metal band and you get this big, you're gonna have like some idiots to follow you. I mean, how's that different than Slayer? Well, I know, I know. Yeah, I I, I get it. I didn't know I'm Zach just... was an undercover cop. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Nope, I, I'm not talking shit. I'm, I'm, just... I'm built. I'm built like the average cop, but uh, definitely not. <laughs> a cop. So, but anyway, all right. I'm going to go into my honorable mentions for '97. Um, in this list, like it's crazy how those early '90s and then up through '96, I feel like the lists were huge. And '97, my list is pretty slim. Um, it got a little tough. Yeah, yeah 25 to Life, Straight th- Through Unity. Um, Blood for Blood, Spit My Last Breath, uh, Lifetime Jersey Best Dancers, Wu-Tang Clan, Wu-Tang Forever, the first Jedi Mind Tricks Ooh. LP. It'll take uh, the rest of the pod to read out the whole name if I read it. Um, the Kill Your Idols 12-inch <laughs> EP, uh, and Funeral Oration, the second LP on uh, Hopeless called Believer. Those floor are, Punch? Good. The Floor Punch LP came out this year? No. It's 98, I think. Or is it next year? Okay. Yeah. 
I had a uh, common uh, one day it all makes sense. Uh, Depeche Mode Ultra. Uh, uh, H2O thicker than water. Uh, His Heroes Gone, Monument to Thieves, which is my favorite record from them. Uh, Hot Water Music, Forever and Counting. Uh, and then uh, Ensign, uh, uh, Direction of Things to Come. Yeah, that's that it. That song with, that Lou sings on? Yeah. Oh. Epic. Yeah. Oh, for, uh, 15 years? Fuck Nitro Records. Sorry, Noodles. Fuck. <laughs> See, you didn't have to shout out the noodles. You didn't have to shout out the noodles so early. It would have come in on the Nitro Records thing. Yeah, no, you all you always got to shout noodles out early. I have one honorable. honorable or he'll try to push you off stage. Ghost you. AFI, shut your mouth and open your eyes. Great fucking record. Yeah, cool. I've Daniel. got a lot of honorable mentions. Go ahead, Daniel. Radiohead, OK Computer, The Prodigy, Fight of the Land, Oasis, Be Here Now, Daft Punk, Homework, Wu-Tang Forever, um, When I Was Born for the Seventh Time, Corner Shop, Blur, Self-Titled, Primal Scream, Vanishing Point, The Velvet Rope, Janet Jackson, um, Biggie, Life After Death, How the Fuck, you know? What an amazing record. Uh, Supergrass, In It for the Money, uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor's first records. Charlatans Telling Stories, Mariah Butterfly, Portishead, Portishead. And um where's the uh, Oh Fun Crusher Plus com- Company Club. I didn't realize that Portishead record was this late. I this would, is I the would... second one. The the first one is Sour Times, the second one is self titled. And then the third one is Dummy? I mean, the first one's Dummy, Sour Times is the single. Uh, this, this one's Portishead, Portishead. Oh, and Dots and Loops, Stereo Lab. Such a great record. Isn't one of those Portishead okay. albums you're supposed to line it up with like that documentary series, Planet Earth? I think you're supposed I don't to. Know. I, th- I heard that once. Like, you're supposed to do it like, you know how you're supposed to do Pink Floyd with. Uh, what is it? Alice oh, Wizard of Oz, man. The Wizard of Oz. When the crow knocks three times, that's when you push play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard you do one of those Portis. Jesus. Um, one of those Portis head albums you do with the planet Earth, and it's supposed to be awesome. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, quick Also, bottle. Dropkick Murphy's record, that Do or Die. Oh, I love that record. That song is so good. Dude, yeah. that, I forgot to mention it. That one song, the I went to see the stiff little fingered man. So good, dude. And then the last song on the record that, uh, about like the skinhead that never returned. Did he ever return? No, he never returned. So good. I love that record. Um, I'm gonna tell I you love, that. I love that first singer so much. His voice is so good. So good. And then, he like there aren't that many songs that get that singing um, in the band he did after. What's the band he did after? Street Dogs. That's right. Is it that bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I love that song, uh, the Toby's Got a Drinking Problem song. But uh, yeah, other than that, I never super got into Street Dogs. But when we used to always go to the PB Pub, um, Daniel, we used to put that song <laughs> on the jukebox. And then you'd we'd all yell like whoever was with us like 
Charlie, he's got a drinking problem. Or whoever we get their name shouted. Because <laughs> we're always there <laughs> drinking, but whatever. Shout out PB Pub. The song Get Up on that Dropkick record on Do or Die, uh, Get Up, it is one of the catchiest, most awesome songs ever. And it's like total like empowering song. Super cool. Yeah, that's the song I sang. Went to see the Stiff Little Fingers Band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that shit because uh, I, I I love when like bands are referential like that. Like, oh, I went to see oh, a yeah. Stiff Little Fingers Band. And he's like, he's like that dude is the, like, the punkest guy I do declare or whatever. It's so fucking sick. But, uh, but yeah. I shout, out set, shout out Set Your Goals. <clears throat> What's that? I just didn't uh, recognize the melody from your version. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, let's move on to 1998. (laughs) Someone's someone's way up on the mic when they're... (laughs) Shit is crazy. Um, It's Muttley. It's Muttley and Dick Dastardly. (laughs) Yeah, what the fuck it's is that? me, dude. Okay, it's me fucking laughing, dude. <laughs> so, take, take your lips off the mic, like just by a centimeter. Um, okay. okay, 1998, California Punk and Hardcore, Daniel. Okie dokie, 98. It's a tougher year for me to kind of remember what what was going on. Um, so you may mention something. Uh, that I'll go, oh, yeah. But when I was thinking, um, a record that I listened to an awful lot that year and still will put on from time to time, and in thinking about these picks, I actually listened to it again. It's so fucking awesome and so different from everything else is the Locust LP. Um, It starts with that Mothy and Deerhead song and the noise that they're making their guitars do as like a rising cacophony of noise sounds like a swarm like coming upon you. Not to mention like the album artwork with those giant locusts, like they took that thing of a from a queen poster and made it into their own record cover is amazing. They um they have the keyboard that basically does the breaks, like almost like the mosh leads and that song, Muffy and Deerhead, if you've never heard it, like, obviously it's power violence, like extreme power violence. So it doesn't necessarily lend itself to what you would think of being a mosh part. But the keyboard breaks and goes, and then they go back into a super blast beat part. And then it breaks into that with the whole band doing it. It's fucking hard. Like, listen to it. It's so hard. And, and um, what an original band. And to sound so abrasive and so insane and still gather that many fans that don't know how to move to your music, that's my favorite thing about seeing a, a Locust show. It's literally people just having epilepsy in the crowd. Like, everybody's... Yeah, they don't know what to do with the music, so they just flop around like fish. Um, really love this record. So good. Is this um, the first LP? My, the first full-length LP. Okay. They did uh, They did a 10-inch split with Man is the Bastard. 
And then they did an amazing, uh, right before this, they did an amazing seven inch, which I almost picked on a different year, um, on GSL as well. But this LP is their first, what you would call full length before they went off onto other labels. And I, I really, really dig it. Cool. All right, let's move on to Joe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I went with, uh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll sing a lyric, uh, or I'll just talk it. Who will be their voice? Who will hear their cries? The ones that cannot speak. You know the song. Yeah, oh, good riddance, dude. Waste. Good riddance. Ballads from the Revolution. Um, so when I worked for Good Riddance, they were writing all of these songs. So I got to see all of this stuff, you know, live every day during sound checks and stuff like that. Um, and it, this record probably means more. I, I don't, I don't really like the quality of the recording. I think it's the worst sounding one, good riddance record, but, um, it's my favorite songs. Um, it's a good record. Um, yeah, oh yeah. I don't like the hardcore type stuff on it. I think like good riddance is better playing songs that sound like good riddance, but, uh, yeah, like like the Meat is Murder song was kind of like, I don't know. There, Russ he he writes really good smart lyrics, so it was weird. To like, I don't know. I always feel like they dumb it down when they try to do hardcore stuff, which is kind of weird. Choices Made is a good song. There's so many good. Songs I think that's on pretty here. a pretty hardcore song. I think it's a pretty hardcore song. Yeah, uh, but this album's great. I love the first three Good Riddance albums. So good. I never thought about the yep. production being bad on on this. I guess I'll yeah, need, it's the same. same. It's it's just it, you know, um, it's like an in between record. It's the last one with Ryan, um, and it just sounds a little bit weird. That's all. So it is a Ryan Green production, but it doesn't sound good. Uh, it is, yeah. Huh. Well, that's a first. Um, and it came out like early ninety, early ninety eight. Uh, and then also the same year, I believe, is uh, what you call it, uh, the Clock Tower one, which I couldn't remember earlier. Back yeah. to the Future. Doesn't that have a big clock tower in it? It does, it does. This is the Santa Cruz Clock Tower. But, we, went, uh, we went up and saw him play like that, the giant hall in Santa Cruz, I think right when this album came out. and It was so fun. Good Riddance was great. And like this yeah. time, I mean, they were just a perfect live band to go see because like there are there were a punk band that could play for an hour and you wouldn't get bored, and and right. it's so rad earlier in their career because like to be a Good Riddance fan, like a lot of their deep cuts are the best songs. Like I love you know every single song on Forgotten Country, and then you know we're talking about songs like Wrong Again being like one of the best songs. And then like the whole second record and it's like, it's so rad to get to see them at that time. Cause they're basically playing like all your favorite songs. So like if they play for an hour, you're not bored. And there's very few punk or hardcore bands I could watch for an hour and not be bored by, you know, let me back, oh, yeah. back up. Yeah. Yeah. Or, sorry. never mind. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's go to Stu for your California punk and hardcore 1998. <clears throat> I picked throwing out twisted by design. Um, this is the most important record, uh, pretty much ever to me because it was the first one I ever heard in my life. Um, I heard it, 
um, around that around when it came out, so like 1998, and it was actually the first time I ever went rock climbing, which is another really important thing in my life. So it was cool to like be introduced to two of the same things that are still prevalent at the same time. Um, uh, life of my own, like not life of my own, um, mind of my own. That's that was the song, and it was forever stuck in my head and um, still just means so fucking much to me. But um, the playing on this thing is insane. Like I think they're playing like a, like a thrash metal band. Like they haul so much ass and like the riffs are so like riffy and shreddy. And out of all those um, fat records, bro-ish bro punk bands, which I don't know. No disrespect to anyone who thinks I'm way off base calling all these bands that. But out I of agree, all though. those, <laughs> Strung Out was the one that I I kind of liked. Like had a bit more of a shine to because they were so blazing metal, as well as as well as being like really catchy punk. You know, so catchy. Um, they also sang about more serious topics. Yeah, like like it, it, it's something that I like later on. Like I feel like I could relate to like knowing that they were from Simi Valley and like talking about you know having like a, a a mom who was a drunk and then having a dad like look over after the family. Like I can't relate to that exactly, but it's just like that hardship like always yeah. kind of resonated with me. And um, yeah, man, love this fucking record and like the art's super crazy. Like the fonts. And and like the dolls all fucked up looking and stuff like um, it was just really captured it like, just really brought it to my attention and um, super important record for me like the most important record for me actually wow that's awesome yeah I never even heard it I I only listened to the first well, two fucking strong. listen to that shit dude I will yeah, right when I get done with Bell and Sebastian um. <laughs> I, I know you're not going to listen to any of my recommendations, but it's your loss. No, I actually Stu, enjoy. Stu. I enjoy like your list because it's stuff I've never listened to before. So it's nice to have people toss out like the absolute best stuff because I have I I do dabble in other styles, man. Like I do love. I mean, I'm a poser in a lot of other styles. Like I fucking love Massive Attack, like a lot, lot. But that's like, you know, a band does a certain style and I like the most popular one. You know what I mean? Or I like Portishead. I guess they're, they'd are they be like, they're kind of in that trip-hop thing, right? Would, would they be Both similar, Daniel? Both. Yeah, Massive Attack, Tricky, and Portishead are probably like the big three Yeah, for trip-hop. Yeah. Like the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I, I mean, I tried to do, Tricky's in Massive Attack though, right? No, he was an affiliate. He, okay. he did his own thing. Yeah. Okay. But he's from Bristol. All that stuff is from Bristol, England. Like it's from the West Country. It's like a very particular geographic sound. Gotcha. Um, okay, uh, Joe or Joe already went. It's my turn. Okay, I'm going. Fuck! It was so hard not to do the Hoods Alone EP because um, that CD is the shit. Once again, yeah. 1998. Those days are here. Once again, I feel it's so good. Um, every year, dude, they need to do that every year. Yeah, I mean they they did it a lot of different years. <laughs> that song <laughs> that song stayed in the set list for a long time. But uh, 
Yeah, they're they're so cool of being like straightforward, but then also like they're walking the line of creativity a lot in here while being like still straight hardcore. Um, but my choice for 1998 is Life's Halt. We sold our souls for hardcore. Um, no, that was my second choice. Yeah, this seven inch right behind the locust. Yeah, yeah, this seven inch rips and doesn't. Uh, they're not larpers, so uh, it's fucking no. awesome. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is just <clears throat> ripping hardcore. And like, I remember one time, like, I was trying to like dissect it because it's just like when you listen to it, you're just like, this is fucking fast and furious. But they're not fucking with like really blast beats or anything. He's just playing a straight beat as fast as he can. And I was like listening to the riffs, and like then I was thinking like, these are actually really basic riffs. Like these could be like innocent songs, but they're just like playing them twice as fast. And they were like fully Mad Men live, like you know the before I can't, I can't remember the the drummer that was like the main drummer that played on all this stuff before Noel, um, Kevin, Kevin. No, it wasn't Kevin. Um, no, he was really. Yeah, he he was. Yeah, no, no, no. Ke- Kevin from No Reply was in it for a bit, right? Mm, no, I don't think so. It was like this main no? dude, and then okay. it went to Noel. Um, yeah. But anyway, he was just. I see Go ahead, Daniel. What were you gonna say? What? Oh no, I was just saying I see Noel up here quite a lot. Oh. Um, these days, because he works at a tattoo shop. Okay. Well, the original drummer was like a total fucking ripper guy, but like he wasn't super skilled. He was just blasting as fast as he could, and like I remember the first time we ever saw him at like Chain Reaction before it was Chain Reaction. It was public storage, like they just fully fell apart. Like they used to cover Oxnard for us because we were like their first fans and they'd play it. We'd come and sing along. And then like the drummer just like would fall apart and like destroy his kit and shit. And then the next guy they got was just really fucking good. Um, and this was like the main lineup for a long time until Noel came in the band. Who's also a great drummer. But uh, this seven inch is so fucking good. So catchy. Uh, lots of really good, like positive messages. Um, and I love it. It just it marks a time in hardcore that I I loved participating and I loved the bands and it was fun meeting a million new people that were like all in bands that ruled and uh you know that's it. So this is my pick. Um Joe, what are the Monster Joe, fuck you. Yep. So many classics. <laughs> Joe, uh let's what are the honorable mentions for California Punk and Hardcore? Uh, there was uh, also Rancid Life Won't Wait. Uh, There's your class record. Uh, the uh, uh, the Dama's American Teenage. And that's all I really had. I know there's a bunch of other hardcore stuff. Uh, okay, so let's go on to Wildcard. Daniel, 1998 mm-hmm. Wildcard. Of California? Oh, no, no. Oh, the wildcard choice. Okay. Um, I narrowed it all the way down to one record. All right. Good job. Thank you. Massive Attack, Mezzanine. Is this your favorite? Yeah. Is this the biggest one? It is, right? It's the one they did, like, they they toured on last year? Yep. Okay. What a great show. I sold my ticket, like, two days before. You sold your soul. Yep. 
Well, it was supposed to be in like February, and I was all fired up, and then they canceled it until like September or something. And then I was like, yeah, I had something else. So, but uh, it was great. Yeah, the show was great. So good. Mm. So good, and um, just the the mood of like this record when it first came out, and they have uh, I can't remember her name, but from uh, the Cocktoo Twins singing the the classic song "Teardrop." Um, just unbelievable! Like you know, we were talking the other day about integrity, like just having a sat like a tone, a mood, and a kind of vibe that comes across just by the music. The moodiness that comes across on Mezzanine is so awesome. It, it's a timeless record. It could sound fresh as hell today, you know? You don't feel the same way about Blue Lines? No, just because of the way that they... I mean, I, I do I do feel Blue... I do feel Trip Off in general kind of sounds you know, pretty timeless. But I feel like the the songwriting is better on this. Yeah. Yeah, which is interesting because there's an album in between the the two, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Blue Lines is my favorite. I love it. Just how it comes in. So good. Yeah. But yeah, I love this pick, Daniel. Uh, let's go on to Joe. Um. Yeah, I went uh, my old trusty, and I went with uh, uh, Operation Phoenix. Good riddance. All right. With a oh, yeah, dude. with a very very close second. No motive. The sadness prevails. Is right. this is this a good riddance pod? It is <laughs> now. It is. <laughs> I got a good riddance tattoo, so I kind of like this band. <laughs> Um, so what what is awesome on this album? Uh, everything, uh, you know the the opening track "Shadows of Defeat" with a with Martin Luther King intro, which is very poignant these days. Uh, there's a great song called "Shit Talking Capitalists." Uh, it's fantastic, good subject. Uh, Letters home, Thirty Day Wonder. Who's that uh, song about? Uh, uh, Slayer. Um, what's this, what's like the how would you describe Goodridge's sound at this point? This is the fourth LP. Fourth, yeah. Okay, so where is this in progression after the third one? Um, okay, so it's the first record with you know at the blasting room with Bill and actually I don't know if they did it at the blasting room, but they Bill and Jason the blasting room guys came and, and recorded it with them. Yeah, that's a good question. I can't remember which is which. Anyway, uh, uh, I don't know. It sounds like good riddance to me. And I think they perfect their um, their that mid tempo punk rock thing, hard slash hardcore piece that they do. Uh, many of these songs uh, show that. Now I know what you're talking about. That you don't like the pure hardcore stuff that they do, uh, but there's some really good songs like that on this record. Um, so you might want to give it a try. And in fact, some of the stuff, they even go even further in this whole, because they're now they're working with Bill and they're learning black flag songs. Bill wrote a bunch of that stuff too, despite what, uh, 
maybe said. Uh, and so they, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch of feel of that black flag or blast, uh, feeling in their music at this, at this point too. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Santa Santa Cruz playing Santa Cruz. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Stu, let's go on to your wild card for 98. 98. I picked. <laughs> Converge forever comes crashing. Oh, yeah. Dude, the opening track is like a shock to the fucking face. Hold on, wait. Uh, what? Did we miss something? What do you mean? No. Okay. I just this is a this is a dirty ass metalcore record. Like I think the production uh, is different from everything else that was coming out around that time. Um, it sounds for me at least sounds like more like a like kind of like a crust punky like his hero is gone type of record. Um, but with that crazy converge metal style, because like I they feel sound- like they what. I was just to say they sound wild, like there's nothing like it. Nothing, dude. Nothing. And like like you hear the Stark weather, you hear the Rorschach, but they like take it and turn it to fucking eleven. Yeah. And they like take all those like those like kind of shiny parts that make those two prior bands special and just like blow it to a fucking oblivion. Um on this record for sure. Like this is my favorite converge one, actually. Um is that song Leather Bomb, dude? Like, it's just, just Palm what, Mute Zero. What's the name of the song that opens with the uh, alarm clock, clock sound and then goes into like almost like a metalcore matador? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so sick. And I hope it's on this record or I'm just I'm like an idiot. <laughs> All right. Great pick. Yeah, dude. Let me, let me, Zach, did you mention your 98 wild card? Yeah, because me and Stu both had hate breed. Okay. All right. That's why I got skipped. It's cool. I'll, okay. cho- I'll choose another if you want another. No, I didn't. Wasn't hate breed for 97? Yeah. Oh, the, wait, I didn't say a 98. Wait, what? I didn't say a 98 either. Zach hasn't gone yet. We're on 98. We're we're on 98, and you just did good riddance. Yeah. Well, I fucked up because that's for 99. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so you fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's okay. And Zach told me, what's your 99? That's what I thought. Mm. And we're gonna have to yeah. we're gonna have to review that to see. I think I just got tossed under the bus for something I didn't say. Blame the host. Blame the host. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Hashtag well. not my host. <laughs> <laughs> no, I fucked All up. All right, Zach. What's your ninety-eight wild card? And then Joe, you can say yours after with a dunce cap on face in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's my fault, but uh. <laughs> but yeah well wait Joe what was your 98 California Ballad from the Revolution from Goodridge 
Oh. Yeah, just all, all good riddance all the time. <laughs> yeah, just pick every good riddance. All, of them. all right. My 98 uh, wild card is Dillinger 4, Midwestern Songs of the Americas. This is the first Dillinger 4 full length. They had just done a bunch of seven inches before it. So um, this is a band that they really created their own sound, and I absolutely love them. They're poetic in the lyrics, but not pretentious and uh, like political with not being like over the top with it. Um, just really creative uh, lyrically and musically. Nothing else sounds like it. And then like this record, the way it sounds is is wild too. Like it sounds loud, even if you don't listen to it loud. Like it sounds like it's surging. Like you know when you turn up like a Marshall, like loud how it's supposed to sound, and it has like it actually gets the tone that it should have. Like, that's how this record sounds to me. Um, absolutely love it. And it's another record that I, I love uh, the second side more than the first side. And uh, so, yeah, side, side B, I absolutely love. I think it's perfect. Um, and kind of like how I said with the Lifetime, my, my favorite Lifetime album is Jersey's Best Dancers, but I'd like to start it with the last song off the previous LP. Uh, side B is my favorite, but the last song on side A, going into side B, is actually my favorite. So, uh, yeah, I love this fucking record, and everyone should check it out if they haven't. It is Dillinger 4, Midwestern Songs of the Americas. Um, Joe, what is your 98 wild card? Let's be quick. Kid Dynamite, self-titled. Nice. Oh, fuck yeah. So good, dude. That is a, that's a, that's a great choice. Um, do you guys like the first one or the if second one more? The first one or the second one I'd more? say first. First for me. First one. I like the second one. I, I do really like the second one a lot, but the first one is way better. They didn't, they came along and had their own kind of sound that touches on a million other sounds, but it's their own sound and it, it is so good. If any listener out there hasn't checked out the band Kid Dynamite, definitely do so. I yeah, should, yeah. I should revisit it again. Cause I didn't like it then. Um, Oh, I was going to say, like, I feel like when this band came out, I mean, I wasn't there, but it's like, I felt like they, they were well put together right out the gate. Like, oh yeah. Oh, cause it's, well, they're lifetime guys from, yeah, that's it, what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, wagon shoots drumming fucking unreal. Dude, it's so fucking good. You know, not immediately out of, out of lifetime, but he, cause he was in uh, Ink and Dagger at that time, just prior to Kid Dynamite. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, Yeans playing guitar. Uh, the singer was un- unknown at that time, and then the bass player was from, I think, from Ink and Dagger as well. But yeah, they were a great fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like. All it. right, while you you should recheck it out, and they also uh, do a split with your boys, AE8 Fingers Louie. No, I know. Oh, I should check out the whole thing. So good. It's just that after I I. I I didn't want Lifetime to break up after Jersey's Best Dancers. I love that record. They like they should have fucking played <laughs> off mad, it. You're mad at Kid Dynamite. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, because they break up, they do Kid Dynamite, and then everyone loves Kid Dynamite and shit. I'm like, wh- why couldn't we like Lifetime and have them be more popular <laughs> and like come out here and play shows? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Plus, like, you know... Yeah, you're, but their, but you're, their popularity exploded after Jersey Best Kid Dancers came out, and they were already broken up when that record came out. They were still a pretty popular band while they were around, though. To be nowhere fair. near what happened after Jersey's Best. 
Yeah. I feel like Our, Kid Dynamite's first show was with Burn and Four Punch. Kid Dynamite was like big on the like out the gate. Okay, so let's yeah they were yeah let's uh, wild card albums. Here you go, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, Ray of Light, Madonna, which is a very underrated record, Moon Safari, Air, Aquan, Un- Unimaginetic Aquanemanemanai <laughs> by Outkast, Michael Bebel, EXO, Elliot Smith. That is fucking good. Is This Desire, PJ Harvey, Most Deaf and Talent Quality are Black Star. What a fucking amazing record. This Is Hardcore by Pulp. So good. Uh, Moon Picks by Cat Power. Now, almost what I chose for this year, Science Fiction by Uncle. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that record. It is one of the best albums of all time. Boy with the Arab Strap, Bell and Sebastian, Moment of Truth, Gangstar. Capital Punishment, Big Pet, Big Pun, uh, Hard Knock Life, Jay Z, Shape of Punk to Come, Refused. Ugh. Obviously, it's a it's a bit yeah. jaded. it's a bit jaded now, but when it came out, it was really it was fucking, fucking good. amazing. End hits, Fugazi, and Four Hundred Degrees, Juvenile, huh? You like this record, huh? It's so sick, huh? I think you got all also. of. I think you got <laughs> almost all of mine. Also, Sorry. Alkaline Trio, goddamn it! I know Suicide Machine, Yuck. Battle Hymns, <laughs> um, His Hero's Gone, The Pot Seconds, which is another great His Hero's Gone record. It's a great uh, album title. Yeah, um, Saves the Day, Can't Slow Down, Blood for Blood, Revenge, Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. Oh yeah, Shadow Joe. <laughs> Oh, Chili Peppers record. Um, and also, uh, Lucinda Williams' Car Wheels on the Gravel Road came out this year. And that's a great record if you like a little Americana country. Um, this is the year that I had the Dropkick Murphys album. Did we say it was 97? Anyway, whatever. Um, Daniel, the one that you missed that I got is the first Killer Priest LP, Heavy Mental. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. So good. Uh, Gangstar Moment of Truth was almost my my pick. It's my favorite Gangstar so record. Cool. And so, Mine too. Yeah, Mine too. I love it. Just and, beats out hard to earn. Well, obviously, Full Clip is the best, but it's the best album. Uh, it well, okay. Moment of Truth is best. Like, cohesive album that like takes you on a on a journey. The other records got fucking bangers. But this album, yeah. like, through and through, if I had to give it to someone, I would give them this one. Um... The only thing I hey, Zach, real quick. You're right about the drop kick. It was recorded in '97, and the release date was supposed to be in December '97, but it got pushed to '98. Okay. So. And the only other things I got on here that what haven't been mentioned yet was Kill Your Idols. This is just the beginning, ten inch. Uh, Agnostic Front's comeback album, Something's Got to Give. Um, Written by Lars. He wrote it. Pretty much. Okay. So. The comeback record? Yeah, I think he did. I, I would doubt it. It doesn't... Oh, anyway, whatever. Okay. Cool. Let's move on to... 90, maybe it's not that one. This one. This one's fucking awesome. I love it. Um, okay, let's move 99. on. 99. Yep, 99. California Punk and Hardcore. Go ahead, Daniel. Camel Clutch Records. 
in control demo. Hey. Actually, not on not on Camel Clutch, just self released. <laughs> I don't know why no. I don't know why I didn't put it. I don't know why I didn't put a fucking thing on it. Stupid. Wanted to keep the tapes and the thongs separated. No, I had you, you know what? I I <laughs> <laughs> the, the thongs actually keep the cheeks separated. Um, I, you know the reason why it's not on Camel Clutch is because totally Camel Clutch doesn't doesn't exist yet. So yeah, I just hadn't thought about it yet. Anyway, okay, go on. Sorry, you, you hadn't drawn the logo yet. Yeah, that's that's did you Eris. draw that shit, dude. No, that's Eris. That's Spitflow. He's the guy that did the the new 185 miles south logo. Oh, yeah. How's that for a tie-in? A stitch back. And, hey, and Stu, you know, it looks great. Stu, you will appreciate <laughs> that he also did that. It doesn't matter. Uh, like the guy blowing his head off. <laughs> no fucking way, dude. Yeah, same dude. Eris, I love his art. I love that kind of art. But uh, sorry, Daniel. Go ahead. Um, when this tape came out, I, I must have played it into the ground like... I really, really loved all these songs. Crash and Burn, what an opener. Hometown Pride, such a fucking banger. And then the Nardro. Like, I, I could listen to the Nardro on loop for the rest of my life and be happy. It's such a great record, well, such a great tape. And um, I really love it. And it captures a moment in time for me that I was just, it was that tipping point to where the scene for the next three to four years was just going to be the, in my opinion, the best time in my lifetime for like California shows from going all the way from, you know, basically San Francisco to San Diego with lots and lots of bands all getting along and putting each other on and just, all the same kids at the same shows, just all having fun, knowing each other's lyrics and everything. Just perfect time in hardcore and a perfect tape. Well, I appreciate that. It's it's always crazy to me. I forget that the Life's Halt 7-inch that I called out for 98 is like that early. Because like, yeah. they're lumped in you know, with all this stuff. And they're one of the most important. Well, they were... They were riding on that seven inch for a good five years. <laughs> that was that was their satisfaction as the death of desire. But yeah, seriously, yeah, yeah, because it was a exactly. long, it was a long time until they did. Well, no, they did the no reply split, and then they finally did that. What happens next split? Yeah, but the thing is, they were right. Like people, like satisfaction was an overnight. Let's copy it. Life's halt was like five years of ingestion before everyone started copying them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that record is that good. It, it was it was insane, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Okay, let's go on to Joe. Uh, I already talked about mine because I fucked up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, it just just good riddance, Operation Phoenix, just, Phoenix, and No Motive Sadness Prevail. Just toss out another uh, good riddance album. Keep the theme going. <laughs> They had to have done a split seven inch or something this year, right? <laughs> but uh, uh, I think with Kill Your Idols. There you go. That might have been the same. I think cre- Creep Division's in a couple of years. He has that one locked for later. <laughs> yeah, and then we can tell the Why Me story again. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's go on to Stu. California Punk Oh, by the way, I, by the time you guys are listening to this, Stu will finally be able to see the, uh, the video of Naked Ray. Oh, I can't wait, dude. 
All right, Stu. I mean, you can't wait. Stu, California Punk and Hardcore. Go. So I pick the No Reply 7-inch. All right, I got it too. And this was Daniel's real. Yeah. This, this was Daniel's real pick. Let's be let's be honest. Hey, yeah, that's what's up. Daniel, um, Daniel Daniel's this pick man. recorded. What's that? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, go ahead. Go ahead. What's up, dude? Go ahead. Okay, this seven inch. Like, I bought it just because I had um, I saw uh, his name Greg Bacon wearing a shirt, and I just thought it looked he had that it had a cool font, so I. Search the band, found it on uh, Mankind Records, and I bought that shit. And um, just from the first track, dude, like I'm still fucking pissed. Like it's like such an anthem. Hello, um, such, such a great song that uh, we recorded it. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah, that's tight. We covered it on a split with a Portuguese band called Timex on Fight Records. But yeah, that was our little like add-on in the recording session. We were like, "Fuck it, let's just do the No Reply song as well." Uh, fight, fight, sick. fight! Records featuring uh, the bass player of Daniel's favorite hardcore band, Good Clean Fun. Yep. Do you know what though? The um, like the reason that we covered it is at the time I was talking to Rob about the fact that like Motown and things like that, they all would do their, the songs of the day, like on a circuit, like they would all do versions of the same songs. And I was like, why don't fans ever cover their contemporaries? And then we were like, fuck it, let's do the no reply song. Yeah. Anyway, not to, no, you know, I mean, to even, to even wax more poetic on that, Daniel, um, I've been thinking about the, the, the problems of, of America in general. And I think one of them is like when you go to other countries, um, and you can relate to this probably with, uh, cause football, like soccer has like anthems and anthems. And then when I spend time in Mexico, um, it's like, you have like these songs that everybody knows and it really like brings people together. Um, yeah. You know, you can go to a party in Mexico and like they'll, they'll play songs and like every person there knows the song and like, I think that's something we don't really have here in America is like classic songs that like everyone to a man and woman know that you can sing and yeah. br- and brings you together. Like, like let's say that we got a group of people and went to like a campfire. Like what, what songs would we sing? You know what I mean? Like everyone likes different shit. Um, and so I like your idea there. In fact, I think that that could be a pretty rad idea of like, cause it's kind of like bands elevating each other's songs and saying like, these are current yeah. classics. Like you should take a look at these. That's what the intention was, was just the same way that it, it happened in the sixties, you know, like you would hear like the Ronettes do a, well, maybe not the Ronettes. You would hear like the Supremes do a Motown version of a Beatles song. Do you know what I mean? And then the Beatles were doing Chuck Berry songs and whatnot, you know? Right. Yeah. We, um, we also did this on a seven inch. We covered uh, Die Hard youth when they were like still going. Yeah, See, that's fucking sick. Or like, or like split seven inches where bands cover each other's songs. Yeah, like the Coalesce Get Up Kids one. Like that's yeah. so, that's so fucking tight. And uh, Born Against Screeching Weasel. Oh, they, I didn't know that. That's they cool. cover each other's songs. And Rancid and No Effects. But uh, I, I think that uh, I don't. That's almost just a little too cute for me. I think one song is cool. Like elevate one song. 
you know? Yeah. Um, well, I'm still fucking pissed and I want your guts. Dude, yeah. That was the name of my first zine, dude. Like, I love that song. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, just the simplicity of, I want to see what is driving your, like, what is making you want to be in hardcore, you know? Like, I want to see it all. Lay it out for us. It's amazing. Yeah. And, like, don't hold it back. Like, that song resonated with me pretty heavily. Like, just go off for this band. Like, you don't know when you're going to see them again. And Zach can attest to this big time. Probably the funniest frontman of our era. Yeah, Dave Reply, fucking funny yeah. dude. Yeah, I was because uh, this seven inch is like almost all the songs off the demo, so there wasn't like that much new material when it came out. But uh, yeah, it was super rad just because like it got out to more people. Although I was just always bummed that the Cherry Coke song didn't make it. Because I thought that, that was like one of the best songs off the demo, and then it's like you cut the Cherry Coke song. What the fuck? Um, but yeah, that's off. That this seven inch is great, and uh, like Daniel talked about, like it, it really is uh, a seven inch of the time. So it makes you feel a certain way of of how I felt back then. It's it's timeless like in, when in I, that regard. Yeah, when I see that cover, I just think like, am I at the PCH? Yeah, do you know perfect. what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean they were they were great. Um, and Dave was awesome and carried on. And, and it was so rad to see him like, well, he did a band before this. Um, God, what was the fucking band name? I have the seven inch, I think. Do you yeah, remember? Do you um, remember? I do. Uh, they're called kind of like a, almost for lack of a better term, kind of like generic. Yeah. Uh, we're recording but- this too late. That I uh, that I can't think of it, but anyway, it was rad to see him go on and do Suicide File. Uh, I was I was very yeah. like proud of him and happy for his success. But uh, okay, let's go on to ninety nine Wild Card Daniel. Ninety nine Wild Card Nas, I am really, yeah, wow, I love it, and I mean, if basically Nas is like. With the DJ Premier production, that song by itself could win many awards in this pod rating. Um, That's one of the Jimmy best songs. World, That's one of the greatest songs. Jimmy World Clarity was, nice. a, was a mega played record for me that year as well. Um, I, when I look at the wild card, I kind of as you've noticed with all of my picks, I've gone outside the genre of hardcore instead of like looking within. So I may have missed some absolute classics that should have been, but I've mainly looked and thought about records from the time that were outside of the genre. I don't think this is one of the best Nas albums personally. No, there's some absolute God awful songs on it, but the highs on it are so high yeah, that the, the the lows are pretty low too. But yeah, Nas is like is like one of the best songs ever. Hate me now. Um, yeah, hey, I, I love favor for a favor. But uh, yeah, but yeah, like the kissing song is terrible. There's some bad, oh, yeah. bad stuff. Doctor Knock. <laughs> terrible, but um, the Blur album thirteen almost made it in as well as 
did uh, Jimmy Eat World Clarity. Those are the those are the ones that okay. I liked a lot. Joe's- oh, and the Roots. Things fall apart. Yeah, that uh, that record's very important as well. Number one on my Go honorable ahead, Joe. mention, Joe, with your uh, ninety-eight wild card. Um, well, there's only one answer. Good riddance. <laughs> you, did. <laughs> you didn't care. 99, wild card. ninety-nine wild card. I was fucking with you. Ninety-nine wild card is uh, "Baby One More Time," uh, Britney Spears. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm cheating really bad on this because it really didn't come out in '99, but it's a '99 live concert. <laughs> just so. take the good riddance album from 2000, dude. If you're gonna <laughs> cheat. <laughs> no, I'm I'm picking this. this the, the Fugazi live sessions live at the Ventura Theater, February nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Let me guess, you were there. That's cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was there. <laughs> did, did they put it out? Like this is a real release? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, they 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 put all their live sets up all, on their all, website. Almost, almost oh. every show that they ever played is 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 on their website. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, purchase at whatever cost you want to pay kind of, kind of thing. So, um, but you know, I contributed a bunch of stuff, some pictures and other stuff to, to the site. So if you go to the, to the discord site, you'll see stuff that I, that I put up there. It's just photographs of the show, but so yeah, that's, that's my pick. I don't care. Fuck you. I don't think anyone was mad. <laughs> Joe. Br- I don't think anyone was mad. But. Either that or Britney Spears, one of the two. All right, Stu, let's go on with your uh, 99 wild card. <laughs> um, so, okay. But I feel like this is like, in my opinion, the trifecta of of 90s metalcore. You had, uh, I'm picking Turmoil, Process of, but it's rivaled against the Buried Alive, um, That's Your Perfect World, and then the Indecision, um, Release the Cure. Um, I think that those are like three most important medical records, especially to what bands are trying to sound like now. Um, but with Turmoil, like, talk about an opening track with him saying, yelling, what the fuck? Or who, it's just like, it's so powerful, dude. Like, the production, I think this is the apex of. 90s metalcore production too, really just hardcore production in general. But um, this thing's so heavy, but also has its fast parts too. Um, like staring back, like what a track! This record was huge. I love it. This record yeah. was huge. Like people loved it. This this is a a definite blueprint of metalcore. Like what makes metalcore metalcore? Like it is, you know. A Mount Rushmore metalcore record. Yeah, and they were legit too. Um, you know, we've talked about before, like how the PCH Club and the Shake Cafe are like make or break places because there's there's no sound except for like a PA. Like they might they might mic the fucking kick drum, but uh, you know, you're basically going and setting <laughs> up your own sound and and you're playing in a room, you know, with maybe a, a stage that's a foot or less. So it really is like. How good can you sound? How good is your band? Um, and Standard Ground played with Turmoil at the PCH right after this record came out. And uh, Fade of Grey. Th- What's that? Fade of Grey played that show too. Okay. Yeah. Fade of Grey. And uh, 
love Fitty Gray. But uh, yeah, they were they were awesome. And I'm not into this this type of music too much, but like I can say that they were they were fucking legit. They were a legit ass band. So uh, yeah, this is a great pick, Stu. Thanks, man. Um, I am going 1999 Wildcard Tom Waits Mule Variations. I knew um, that was going to be your pick. Yeah, my yeah, it's the first album I got into from him, and uh, so it's very important. Like lots of lots of nights alone in the middle of the country on our like one tour. That's when I uh, got into this, and so it connected with me a lot. Like when I could finally get away from people and be in the van by myself, I would like listen. I was about to say, like, were you listening to this while raging out on individual members of the band? <laughs> it was more like <laughs> this is like my little solace. I'd curl up and get this, yeah. and uh, yeah, I bought it at a. We played Long Island, and I bought it at a record store there. I bought this, and I bought the Beautiful Maladies CD, which is like a a best of, and it was. It's interesting because that's a you know the best of CD has a lot of the best songs, but it's it's it really is like there's certain bands where the best of cannot represent the artist, like the best of album you should not buy because the artist takes you on a journey on the best albums, and uh, you know some people aren't like that. I think you can buy like the the best of Tom Petty is fucking great, you know, because it's just all bangers or something. But Tom Waits, you got to go on the full journey, and this uh, yeah. You know, Rain Dogs, Bone Machine, Mule Variations. These are the three best records of like once his style changed, like post 1980. Got classics. It's got Hold On. It's got, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's like cough. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, it's fucking great. Love it. Love it. Love it. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it because it's got, I don't know. It's got big ass crooners. Then it's got like, like the final song is like almost like a gospel song, but it's so fucking good. Weird, and weird carnival sounding song. It's got that to like kind of like glue it That's together, sure. kind of glue it together. But yeah, like it's funny because so the first time I ever heard him, he played on this album had come out, and I was watching like either Jay Leno or David Letterman, and it was like late. Like I'm watching like the repeat of it at like two in the morning. And uh, I went into Starbucks where I worked the next day, and I was telling my friend Mike Wolf, who I worked with, I was like, dude, I was watching, like, you know, whatever show it was last night, and there was this fucking old man, and he was playing a piano, and he was singing a song about this house, and, like, it's empty, and there's nothing there, and, like, it was so fucking depressing. But then, like, in the last verse, he tied it all together and turned it into a love song. And I was like, it was the most fucking amazing thing I ever seen. I never heard anything like it. I never seen anything like it. I, I don't know. I got to figure out what it was. And he's like, oh, that's Tom Waits, dude. I fucking love him. And like he had all his albums and shit. You know, it's like he was already a super fan. But uh, it was that's so cool. nice to be able to like toss something out like that and then have someone be like, oh, yeah, that's this guy. And then, uh, yeah, from there on, I got into him. And he's probably my favorite musician of all time, you know, 20 yeah, years later. And you know what's what's really great about people like Tom Waits, people like Nick Cave, people like the fall, Marky Smith in the fall is that the difficulty that it takes to get over the hump to really enjoy them is what makes them 
so much more of a layered like artist that will bore itself into your heart because it's not easy you know it's an acquired taste yeah 100 percent um yeah nick cave and tom ways are pretty close um, yeah i think nick cave is just a little more palatable um, definitely yeah but, but yeah and so and this is actually early, early nick cave though is not <laughs> it's pretty yeah. abrasive yeah um so anyway, this is like this is it's also kind of depressing because this is Tom Waits' like last great record. He's uh he's done stuff since, but nothing ever touched this again. So, um, the last great one, nineteen ninety nine, Tom Waits Mule Variations, is my pick. And so let's go to all the honorable mentions. Joe, why don't you take it up? I only have a few that I listed. Uh, Sick of it all, call the arms and cast the first stone. Noodles. Uh, the Pieball record this re- this year. Isn't there a 25 to Life record too? Friendship, Loyalty. Commitment, dude. That I missed, messed that up. Um, Alkaline Trio. Uh, yeah. This the uh, H2O. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ah. Uh, Rage Against the Machine, Battle of Los Angeles, Nine Inch Nails, Fragile, The Roots, Things Fall Apart. Um, Travis, The Man Who. And uh, Hot Water Music, uh, No Division. All right, Daniel, um, you got some? Come On, Die Young by Mogwai. Fucking amazing record. I don't know if you've ever checked it out. Uh, Black on Both Sides, Most Death, Enema of the State, Blink, Fan Mail, TLC. 99 is kind of not great, though, compared to all the other years that we've done over for having... 99 is fucking... Fun. 99 is weak, dude. Because yeah, yeah I only have three honorable mentions, and like you guys oh, saw Rainbow how lo- Mariah. okay, you guys saw how yeah. long some of mine were before. Um, yeah, I only have roots things fall apart. I got the loot pack sound pieces, the antidote, shout out Oxnard, yep. and uh, peanut butter wolf. My final way is a ton, and uh, that's all I got. Oh, for- you? No, you forgot Smash Mouth Astro Lounge. <clears throat> I mean that's why the lists are short Somebody. is that's why the lists are the lists are short is because that stuff is so big right then. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, Britney Spears. What about Limp Biscuit? Yeah, three. Uh, is it three dollar bill? Dude, it's hard. Oh, that stuff's <laughs> all really bad. So anyway, significant other. Yeah, terrible. Um, but yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. All right, talk us out, Daniel. If you want to rate, review, and generally make love on the reviews to 185 Miles South, that is encouraged. Please be a Patreon. Thanks, guys. And please don't be a racist piece of shit. Yeah, that's right. More anti-racist songs, guys. Yeah. Yeah.